Hey guys, this is episode 3 of our Black History Month series, and we're excited to bring on Carlos Bailey, attorney, history junkie, and someone extremely involved within his community. Today we talk about politics and how legislation has affected African Americans. We also talk about history, the criminal justice, and a lot more. The energy was solid in this episode, but it's a lengthy one at nearly two and a half hours, so take your time, break it up, and as always, give us feedback so we can get better. So without further ado, here we go. The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. And we are back for another episode of the Salumas Podcast. This is Kalu. This is Chris. This is Brandon in the background. And we have a special guest today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Carlos Bailey. I'm born and raised here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I'm an attorney. I went to Warren Central High School. I think it's still, it used to be the best, one of the best high schools here in Bowling Green. Uh, but a lot of things have changed since then. It is not. Yeah. <laughs> <There's a lot. laughs> yeah. Where did you go? No, I went to Greenwood. No. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> well, you know Greenwood used to be a part of Central back in the day, man. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, just like South I remember Rome. they told us, yeah. So, I mean, like, um, I'm born and raised here. You know, I grew up on Combs. I have, like, a lot of friends that are still here. I decided to get away because my cousin was in law school, and he was just basically, I'm, I'm also called Los. My fa- uh, friends call me Los. Family calls me Rock, which is weird because my name is Carlos D'Angelo, who's a singer. Yeah. And then my nickname is Rock. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I'm biracial. My dad's white and my mom's black. I didn't meet my dad until I was 21 years old. And if you ever seen Antoine Fisher's, it's almost exactly like that. Man, it's just like that, brother. It's just like that. My girlfriend at the time was my wife today. She helped find my dad. And if you ever seen that one scene where... He's sitting next to his grandmother. Yep. That's exactly really? my grandmother. And oh, well, similar like it, but instead of a lot of black folks, there's a lot of white folks. I was going to say, there's a lot yeah. of white people. Oh, yeah. Well, and, I, and I was nervous because I grew up around black folks yeah. instead of like white folks. Um, so she asked me at that time, she told me to sit right here next to her and asked me to change my last name. And I'm like, can't do it. Dang. Yeah. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Well, what, why I brought you on here, obviously it's uh, Black History Month, and we wanted to really talk to a lot of uh, black minds in the town and okay. just get a feel for what it is that it, that it means to you, and then just talk about different types of issues within the community, and hopefully we can educate a lot of people and also entertain. And uh, our past two episodes have been really fun, they've been really awesome, and it's it's gotten me to think a whole lot, and uh, that's something that I've never had to do before for any Black History Month. I get it being in you know, a high schooler or an elementary school or middle school or whatever, and they just sort of talk about it. And for me, it was always that time where people would talk about slavery or talk about this, that, and the other, and they'd turn yeah. around to look at me and be like, yep. bro, are you okay? I mean, I know we're watching Amistad, <laughs> yep. but like, yep. are you good? And so me being a first-generation American, it was hard for me to connect with any of the stories. And so it was hard for me to to understand or feel some of the same things that other people would for Black History Month. So this is very much so a, a learning uh, experience for me 
as much as it is as a teaching one for us to our to our listeners. So yeah, and Dr. Die started it off with a bang. Yeah, really. with absolute bang. And you were friends with her, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. friends. I know her and kind of or know more of her, but not friends. friends yeah, sure, sure. Know her and stuff. And man, I probably can't even feel how the shoes like Dr. Die of how uh, fun. She crushed like it. I want, she, we she can't even that. like. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. even do that. Well, but, <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, he and I was sitting in the room and we were like. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like I, yeah. She, she's right. She I don't know. She, every, every single thing she said was like, yeah. I mean, and it was a concise, like, simple ass answer. We're like, damn. Now what am I going to ask? It's like, boom. And I'm yeah. 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 I got you. But uh, no, it, it made for really good content. Even the one with Bryce was really, really good. And so I we already know that this is good. Yeah. We already know this is going to be really good. Um, I, I first met you, I think, well, the first time I saw you and talked to you was at a. The uh, Kentucky Democratic Party thing. I think that's where. No, no, I'm saying. What, what were what? you doing there? No, no, it's because I. Here's Kalu, the thing. Kalu, Listen. was you doing recon? No, I was doing recon. What kind of shit is this? Yeah. <laughs> Take us out, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sneaky. Yeah, no, I wasn't. No, I. So I went over. I, I've seen. Uh, I've seen you before, but I'm saying like really engaging and talking and having an actual gotcha. conversation. Yeah. I, I I meet a lot of people, but I I call it meeting someone when we're actually talking not saying hi or gotcha. saying something because you knew my dad or something you know what i mean it's yeah, like it's yeah. we're having a conversation and so um for us to meet there i thought it was really refreshing because when i went to that meeting i was like okay i want to somehow try and get active politically in the yeah. community and i obviously there's no how long ago was this this was to uh, 2016 i met him before then though yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, like, there is, I wanted to try and get somehow more involved. There's no Libertarian Party thing. And I, I could not sit with a bunch of people that think like me. I just couldn't do it because yeah. we'd be like, we don't fucking need the government. Like, you know, there's <laughs> a bunch of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, y'all, so well, like, y'all so, all just march off together. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why are we talking? Shit. Let's go do our own things. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm willing to sort of open my mind up and, and try yeah. to listen and just figure something out. And when I went there, um, you and I just chatted up here and there, and over there, it my my opinion of it is that it felt like a post election support group or something like that. Because <laughs> I was like, oh feels, shit, yeah, it feels like it all. A lot oh really? Time. I was yeah, like, okay, time. guys, which one do better? Yeah, it's like you took the L. Let's let's all right. How do we move forward? How do we, you know? And so, um, uh, at, even after then, I just I kept up with you. And when you were, when I saw that you were running for office in town, I was like, hell yes, here we go, you know. And uh, so uh, we're going to talk about that stuff later on. But I do want to talk about politics in the black community, our perception of it, whether or not you think that government involvement really helps us out or not. Uh, And then I just want to know about, just know more about your story. You know, there aren't many black lawyers in town. Well, and And then, and I'll even say, Mm -hmm. like, our, our, We've crossed paths and known of each other, but right. not really like sitting tall. Yeah, we yeah, had, yes. we hadn't acquainted ourselves with one another, and like at my years at DCBS or uh, you know being in the courtroom occasionally, and and how uh, actively like laying eyes on the inner workings of the criminal justice system. Yep influence you politically mm. and are there any trends that are associated with race that you've noticed i really want to yeah oh, well, i want to touch on this we could jump in but yeah whatever you want to start yeah. with where do you want to start first well first i guess going back to like what you're talking about like the slavery thing and everything else i'm born and raised in uh bowling green but in the united states 
one of the things that I've always heard was either slavery and Dr. King. Yeah, you know, it was just that was it. And Dr. King. Yeah, it wasn't until I actually left and went to like um, the university when I, I graduated at WKU that I learned about like Marcus Garvey, mm. A. Philip Randolph, mm-hmm. Claudette Cloven. You know, some of these people like were first. Yes, and then they took the, Mar- uh, my, uh, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. They took their ideas and they ran with it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know about those those people. A lot yes. of people don't know about Robert Smalls. Mm-hmm. You know who disguised himself as a captain? Just yes. imagine it. Yeah, man. in the Civil Disguise, War. Man, yes, the Civil yes. War. I don't know how he got by with it. I know, for real, <laughs> he, man. He disguised himself and he, he basically frees himself and, and, and his family. There's a lot of things that is not taught. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I just learned even about like Jonesville, Shake Rag. You know, just the stories that we don't have because we didn't sit and talk to like our elders and stuff or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there's the things that we need to know that... As far as, I'll tell you this, it, it, a lot of times they're like, for African Americans, you know, you've been a first generation. I do immigration law too, by the way. Okay. So first generation, they'll be like, well, how is this community doing so well? How mm-hmm. do they do so well? And they'll be like, technically African Americans have only been free, if you want to define like freedom, since the 60s. Yes. And a lot of times when they get ahead, when they have land or if they have businesses, Tulsa is a good example yes. of that. They'll b- basically... Destroy all so, yeah. of that. Black Wall Street. The yeah. Black Wall Street. Yeah. Or if they have like communities, Jonesville, where they have land and stuff, because we know when you have land, it basically builds wealth. Please tell us about Jonesville because you were talking about it earlier, and for a lot of our listeners that are in the Bowling Green area, explain that. Explain that. Part. Well, Jonesville used to be a community, and you probably need to get somebody like Miss Townsend or I forget the other lady's name that you need to talk to because they have like more information just mm-hmm. being older. You know, I, I would need to talk to them. But Jonesville was a community. That was close to Western. So what they did is basically they got rid of all these families. It may have been like 50 or 70 families that lived in that area. And, you know, back then the homes were bigger. They had more land. Mm -hmm. So it extended into Western. But the normalcy college, which they had back then, they basically was like, we need that land because we're trying to expand. So in the 60s, what they would do is basically they'll do it through redlining, uh, some type of project. They'll try to condemn the property, buy it at a very cheap a price after they condemned it when it may have been owned by a family. So, you know, they could have passed that to a family member and it could have kept passing yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Which these, is the way that normal wealth, wealth gets built in, exactly, in America. <laughs> exactly. That's how normal wealth gets built. Yes. So what they end up doing is they end up condemning it and they end up, a Western end up bought the, the property at a very cheap price than what it was worth. So you have these families now, they had to go find like another uh house or where they're going to live and they may not even have the money to basically buy these homes because they were basically given less money for them their property was actually valued at so when you do that you're not putting them on the same par of like somebody that's coming here as a first generation uh, because you're basically saying they can't build the wealth necessary that other groups have been allowed to build mm-hmm. so you have like the black wall streets the jonesvilles the other uh there was another community in florida which i can't think of at this moment but they also couldn't read. You know, they if they would, could read or something like it, they would have subpar schools. Yeah. So you got to realize that. So And if they could, you know, they'd be like, okay, you need to come help out like at age 13. You got to come help out on the farm or you need to mm-hmm. do this and stuff. So their parents didn't get the education that they was allowed to get like other groups and stuff. So those things like having wealth, having land, getting a good education, it built at what we see today. And a lot of people don't see that. It's like, well, somebody came here from this area. Why can't you get ahead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
those things kind of affect us till this moment, to be honest with you. How has any of that sort of, sort of uh, had an effect on you politically? Now, we can go into sort of your, your run and your affiliations and all that kind of stuff, but has that, has that provided any kind of fuel for you? It, it does, but to me, it's like I think that it needs to be fair for all groups. It ain't just one group. I think that if we're trying to lift everybody up, whether you're black, white, gay, straight, whatever, if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God, try to lift everybody up because that's the only way you can lift yourself up, self up and yeah. stuff or whatnot. Um, as far as, like, has it affected me, I'm sure that it has. You know, yeah. my dad was a, a – my biological dad was a, a football player here at Western, and he was a – football coach at uh, Delafield and Warren East. I didn't grow up with him. You know, yeah. so I grew up, like, close to the projects, uh, to a single mother who had two children and stuff, where basically she was trying to do everything she needed to do to make sure her, her children survived and stuff. But having somebody else there, it would have helped her out, you know, with the income. It would have helped out, like, educational-wise. Mm-hmm. He had an education. He could have basically taught me things that I could have learned early on instead of me having to figure it out. I have a white brother and a white sister, and my white brother uh, went to Notre Dame Law School. Mm. So he basically had the benefit of having, like, a father figure there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I see how, like, just having a a father figure, whether you're together or not, just being a part of your your children's lives, it affects them. It does. It affects them. I have four girls. My oldest is in college, Mm. and she's basically on the dean's list at UK right now. Yeah. But when she was little... We was reading to her, was trying to teach her Spanish, was trying to do all these different things and stuff that is soaked into her. So when she went to like South Warren, she was on the, you know, the beta. She was at the highest of her level. She was taking AP courses and stuff. That's stuff that I didn't, I couldn't even take and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, she was Was it looked down upon for being smart? Were you looked down upon for being smart? I don't, I don't think so. I was friends with everybody. I think that it's a personal decision, to be honest with you, because it's almost like, do you want to, Say something because you can be classified as a nerd or, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. Today, man, I wouldn't care. If I went back, I'd be like, man, y'all classify me as that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make my grades because I see, like, the money that's down the line and stuff yeah. whatnot. So I don't think so. I think that conformity is something real. You know, peer pressure is something real. And coming from, like, those areas, um, we didn't have a lot of the access that other groups had, to be honest with you. So that's what really drove you towards your the direction that you've taken politically that but when i was a little boy i saw my mother had a house and i saw how like how hard it was uh to get ahead and i saw when she lost her house and as a little boy i said i'm gonna get it back yeah and i was about seven or eight i said i'm gonna get it back huh. and we was watching something that had something to do with jfk and it was back in the 80s and i was like whatever i have to do i will do it to become something and i found out jfk was a lawyer and then later on, you had like a, um, a time to kill, you know, those things. Yep. And I was like, I want to make sure the Mockingbird, all those mm-hmm. things, kill a Mockingbird. I want to make sure that if I'm going to be able to have a say or have a voice, I'm going to have the strongest voice that I possibly can, even if it shakes. Yeah. So that's where it drove me to want to do something. Then my cousin went off to like law school in Baltimore. He's like a brother of mine. And I was working for one of the political parties. I was working for the DSC, DS, uh, it was the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, the DSCC. I was an intern there, and he was working for, um, he was at Baltimore, and he was working for uh, Janet Reno, and he was working for um, Holder at the time, okay. Eric Holder. He was like the assistant. He was like Los, 
I'll pay you going to get your LSAT. And it was at American University. I was like, I wow. don't want to do it. So yeah. we partied the night before. <laughs> I'm keeping it real. You partied before your LSAT? Yes. Holy God. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping it real, man. The size of this man's nuts yeah, right now. I, I, did, <laughs> I was hung over doing the GRE. It ain't the LSAT. <laughs> it ain't the oh GRE. God, I was like, oh, I need a kombucha. <laughs> man, I had a headache and everything, brother. I was yeah, like, I was sweating. I think towards the end, I was just putting anything down. <laughs> and you still passed. Yeah, well, I got a decent uh, thing That's on That's awesome, that. though. But, I mean, it, it's, it's been a blessing. And I was like, I'll come back to Bollinger. And I went to Chase. I was a, a manager at Kroger's. Then I got into law school, went to Chase, and then I decided to come back to Bowling Green. Wow. Because there wasn't too many African Americans. It wasn't too many people that looked like me yeah. in that field. And I said, I'd rather be a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond and try to change things. It doesn't even need to be just me or somebody else. I think that we need to get a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, We need to get some more Asian attorneys here, yeah. you know, more Hispanic attorneys here. Uh, more African-American women. I don't think there's an African-American woman that's actually here that's an attorney just to build it and stuff because that's the goal, to yeah. make it more fair. Yeah. Okay, so I have, like, a ton of questions from where I, where all we've sort of gone. For me, I think that one of the... Well, I've said it before on, on other episodes, is that it's hard for me to be on board with something that doesn't exist. And I don't think fairness exists in the world. Um, and I think that the reason why the the black community or any sort of person of any race, the reason why people have been able to thrive and do the awesome things that we've been able to do, whether or not, whether you're gay, whether you're black, whether all this is because the world is unfair. And so I, I've always thought that it's just like that. It's just like that. Uh, that phrase, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. And when you are put in a position where you're against some kind of odds, that's where I think that the best things come out. And I think that when I, when I see fairness or just the, 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 the idea of it now, it seems more synonymous with comfort than it does true fairness. You know, what do you I, think about it? I don't think it needs to be comfortable, bro. I think that when I'm talking about like fairness, like if you had like generational wealth yes. and it's mm-hmm. built off of, I like, see. Okay. of different people and stuff, and then when you're finally saying, we're going to let you go to college, we're going to let you get a good education, yeah. even though your parents didn't have a good education. Now, going back to my dad, my mother was a high school graduate. Mm-hmm. So there was only so much that she could teach me to show me the way. Now, if my father was there and he had like some of the experiences that I didn't get to have or my mother didn't get to have, he could have basically steered me in a different way. Yeah. He could have been like, Carlos is better the way to, to do it this way as opposed to doing it this way because my experience is going to tell me that you're going to go down this, you know, go down the wrong way. Wealth, for example, mm-hmm. we never knew like just to get like, uh, you know, the plans, our, 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 um, not our social security plans, but our... Um, Life insurance. And yeah, stuff. it's a you, big thing. It's a yeah. big thing. A lot of times, like somebody that's not a minority, they may not put a lot of money into the life insurance. A lot of people who I know, who I know, and I can't speak for everyone, who are white, they got a little bit of money. What they've done is made sure their life insurance is to such an amount that mm-hmm. is going to take care of their family. You know what? That's really funny. I was having this conversation. I think I was having it with my with my wife, maybe, um, where we were talking that was it my wife? I don't know. But uh, one of wife, them. one of them. Somebody's walking. <laughs> Y'all need to call in. <laughs> if you know who you are, <laughs> call him. No, no. But the 
we were saying that like a lot of families, a lot of you, a lot of white families are have the positioning that they do because of life insurance, right? Because of inheritance, and right. it's something so simple that it's like if we were taught this, because you could look at all the trends, uh, African Americans, the the life expectancy is not as high. And right, so when there's right. this kind of protection right in there with life insurance, especially how cheap it is in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's, you know, my life insurance policy is, is I mean, it's a lot of money, right? Yeah. But it's it's less than what I pay for my cable. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. less than my yeah, cable yeah. bill. And it's like, if we had something like that, I know that if, if something were to happen to me or if I just die of old age, like, not only is my family okay... But their, their family, family is okay. okay. But right. see, it's a difficult thing to think about things in those terms when you don't even know how you're going to get your car fixed. I agree with that. I, I agree. You know I, what I'm I saying? definitely agree with that. Uh, where you're going to get your next meal? Yeah, if, priorities. If, if you have, and you know, we always talk about the hierarchy of needs. Mm. If your needs, your most basal needs, are not being met, the cream isn't going to rise to the top. The cream is going to be distracted yes. meeting all these basal needs when yep. they otherwise could be. Just out competing, you know. We, you well, talk about competition. Yes. I think, I think, really, the cream rises to the top through cooperation yep. more so than it does competition, because there will be the the competition is, isn't fair, as you say. Mm -hmm. There are active bids to denigrate and hold down other groups. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's exactly and, it. And if if not for that, yes. and I've said it before, mm -hmm. and not to you know go back to that, in a perfect world, I would be a libertarian. But the world's not perfect. And I tell so, him so that I'm, I'm a, a libertarian because the world's not perfect. I feel like, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I think the onus really needs to come down to we need to take a, a real strong look at... Are we going to be social Darwinists about this? Are we going to be honest about the social sure, Darwinistic sure. element yep, of yep. it? Or are we going to be like, okay, this is ethical. This is fair. Let's give everybody a bid at, at the closest thing to fairness. Yeah. Yes. Subjectively. Yeah. You know, I want to I wanna add that one thing that I think differs for me is is probably culture yeah. and, and upbringing. Because in, in my family, we'll starve if it means the family is going to be okay later on down the line. Oh, we like will too. You know oh, what I'm I, saying? I, I, I'm that way too. Yeah. yeah. So got... like my dad, even now, when, when, he would, when he was teaching... He would get money. He would get his paycheck and send money to Nigeria yeah. because it was it meant someone else going to be fine at the cost of us suffering. Yeah, yeah. I, I qualified for free lunch, but Sue Kilborn was yeah. like, "I can pay for your lunch, so I'm gonna yeah. pay for your for lunch. lunch." Yeah, you see, it's it's I I definitely think it, a lot of it has to do with like the upbringing, the it, and yeah. I think that maybe that would change if more of our if more of our communities, especially the black community, focus more on where you come from. Yeah. Well, and, and, and and again, I I think that my perspective, being that my my family is blended and from Berea, Kentucky, mm -hmm. has afforded me a little bit more of a, uh, you know, we can take care of our own shit. Like we're prideful as yeah. hell, but everybody's been a civil servant going back generations in my family. My uh, my grandfather was, I mean, bigwig civil servant. Yeah. And my father after him, my brother, myself, it, it's just kind of in our nature to do that. I think it, you could call it megalomania, a savior complex, whatever you want to call it. But we, and, and I think that that's reflected in the phrase, I would be a libertarian if 
you know, the world was fair because yeah. I feel yeah. like I can take care of my shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But as a social worker yeah. now, I know the harsh realities that people face yeah. on a one-to-one-to-one, things that we take for granted. Yeah. Living just one mile outside of town can make the difference between you getting to a, a job on time. Right? Oh, That's yeah. True. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and that doesn't get, like, you show up to the employer. You know, say you're black and you show up to the employer and you have done everything that you fucking possibly could to make that shift yeah. and you're five minutes late if that happens They'll repetitiously. Yeah. They'll write you and, off. And, Absolutely. And they're they're in like there's racism is everywhere, man. Yeah. And a lot of times racism was it you that we were talking? No, it was juicy actually. We it's were subtle. Yeah, and it it's doesn't very necess- subtle, man. And it's it doesn't necessarily have space. to have hate attached to, to it. it. Right. It's not necessarily hate. It's yeah. this system. It's yeah. systematic, man. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. And pervasive as fuck. You don't even realize it a lot of times. How often do you deal with that as a lawyer? Well, I'll tell you this. that, And Chris probably could tell you this. A lot of times when you see like the average criminal, are, and I think that even people who are in um, you know, the J cases that we have, uh, a lot of times you will think of, because the media will have like it's African-Americans. Mm. But it's not. It's not. Majority of it is not. But the face of it will yeah. be somebody that's, that's African American. Oh, the overwhelming the majority face. Versus the face. Yeah. yeah, the face is African American. But when you come to court and you see like from day in and day out, it's, it's not African American. That's why. Just... Yeah, but overall, kind of going back to what you're saying, even like the the poverty issue, I think a lot of it stems from like poverty though too, because that's majority of even. You know the the white face of it yeah. is poverty. It's man. SES. It's, it's the, poverty. It's the stuff. most, and they play the. And it's been since slave times when when people couldn't own. They didn't have enough money to own slaves. Yeah. Impoverished whites did, but at least they weren't black. Against at least. Each other. And, and it's black. still they, against each other. Yeah, they've maintained yeah. that system to this very day. Yeah, it, it. But going to like some of the stuff I see, I saw. Um, I want to say the young man's name, but there was someone that died of getting shot. And he had, like, I believe four years in prison or jail. And they rented it either yeah. on WKO. Uh, they ran was, it like they spun it that way? Yeah, though, that's the first. The, he, so the he, first thing people think is they deserved it or something like that. Or yeah, they, it, got, it, they got caught it, up in some it, shit. It dehumanizes. I, I, I don't yeah. know, but it, it had, like, a young man who got in a fight. Yeah. And I'm not condoning his actions. And he yeah. used the gun as well. But then the young man and uh, the, uh, uh, the victim lived from that. So at that time, from what I, I know, it, he's been trying to get him out, mm-hmm. but he's still sitting there in the prison. Wow. So I'm like, if you're going to let somebody else out and they died, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But this other person there, they're saying, all right, he's been punished enough, let him out. At some point, the system should be like, okay, he's been punished enough, let's let him out. What's the difference to these two uh, uh, cases? Uh, one of them is African-American and one of them is white. One person did shoot at somebody, and they could possibly say that he was going to die, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. The other one actually did die and stuff, and he's only getting four years. Yeah. So, and I've seen in the courtroom, and I won't name any specific, because yeah, I've, right. been, I've been in family court. I've been in... Criminal uh, court. Yeah, I've been in all of them to some degree. But, yeah. um, but I have seen, no kidding, one case right after the other, uh, a couple of young African-American men yep. had... Probably less than an ounce of marijuana in a mason jar, uh-huh. and they and the judge was they weren't being disrespectful. There, I mean, it wasn't yeah. like they were leaning on anything. Had his hands up on the little podium area yeah. that's up there. Got yelled at about that. Sit up straight. Take your yeah. 
The next person was a white woman, probably late 30s, something like that, hollering, acting all kinds of extra. The judge, you could tell he had some kind of folksy relationship with this woman. But even though, if you were to compare the two groups of individuals, probably comparable SES, you don't know necessarily, but that white woman was not getting chastised to the same degree that these quiet two young African American men were. And I know that's anecdotal as hell. Yeah. But that's still. one that's one situation that I've seen and there's a list. Yeah. Well and Kalu, I won't even condone like if you done something bad, you done something bad. I'm not sure. gonna just condone it. Because a part of us even in the African American community, we know like we may have had like setbacks, but it goes back to like what you're talking about, that motivation type thing yeah. and stuff. We need to figure out, okay, those have been the setbacks, but Toulouse made it, and they were like former slaves. Mm. What can we do, even regardless of like everything, the Jim Crow era and everything else, let's move forward. How can we build our wealth You mm-hmm. know, today? How can we make sure that our kids are getting like a better education and stuff or whatnot? Uh, so those things today, it goes on us, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I, I expect it. You know, my, my mother used to tell me that, you're you're you you're not like uh, she would say you're acting like you're a foreign dad, but I expected my my children to excel. I did say that. Yeah, well, say foreign dads they think that you know it was almost like I forget what it was. It was like the, sounds uh, like my it's like it, it, it engineer was, or nothing. Yeah, well, it, it's, you uh, shame us. You shame it's, us. It's, it's the 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 uh, like Asian moms. Yeah, you know, I can't think of what they're called. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. About? I know what you're. But I know they what expect you're them about, to yeah. ex- uh, succeed and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she'd be like, "You're so hard on your children." And I'll be like, well, we're going to like Barnes and Noble. Sometimes we won't even buy nothing, but we'll read a book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll go back. I'll be like, we're going to go back and read the same book yeah. until we're finally done with it and stuff. But I was like, yeah, because I want them to be better than what I had. Yes. So if they can stand on my shoulders and if I can give them the experience mm-hmm. to see where I messed up and be like, this is the route you're going to go. Mm-hmm. This is what I expect. You know, I told them I don't want anything that's less than a B plus, And I haven't got that in my house yet. Yeah. Because I was like, if you get something less than that, we're going to talk to the teacher. We're going to yeah. figure it out together and stuff mm-hmm. before like the final grade comes. Um, so those things is important. And I think that, you know, for us, education has been, it has been the complete balance, you know, to like any racial discrimination, but it can help out. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So that's what, where I'm at with it and stuff. And I think that we need to move forward. There's a lot of people in our community today that's doing a lot. Like you mentioned Chris Page, he's doing a lot. You have uh, Clay Smalley that's doing stuff. You yeah. have Chris Carruthers that's doing stuff. There's, Aurelia Spalding that's doing stuff that's trying to help out the, the she community. She just had her birthday, by the way. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's well, she's up. listening. Happy birthday! And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but all those people, if we get and be like, we need to set a new mind frame of where we want to go. Everybody's not going to be a basketball player. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And drugs may be the easiest way to get what you want. And trust me, I could have went that route. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of friends that went that route. I got a lot of people don't realize I have a tattoo right here, mm-hmm. and I hide it. Because I was like, I go around like different groups. Now, if they see it, they'll basically make an assumption of me automatically. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, we need to be able to try to figure out what is the goal. Try to set up a five or ten year plan for the kids. Mm. And I would even say include like even the poor whites. Let's reach across the line and be Absolutely. like, we got more in common yeah. than we have not in common. But we need to figure out what's in common instead of what divides us and stuff. So... As a as a lawyer, how do you cope with working in a system that I believe that you have described as broken? I fight it all the time. I have a case right now that I won't talk about uh, that we're we're fighting 
about no, I'll talk about it. I was like, yeah, I'll ah. talk about it, bro. I'll talk about it. So there's this kid, and he put it on uh, social media, and so I decided to get a part of this. And I'm only gonna tell you what's public record. I won't say anything. Yeah, yeah, probably makes sense. So he put on there that basically he was sitting with two friends, and he was at a game. He was at the South Warren game and stuff. And this could lead into like Kaepernick because talking about the First Amendment and everything else. So I'm like, he got suspended because he was sitting with friends. I'm like, okay, it has to be more. Then I talked to the mom and I talked to the kid and I found out this is exactly what he posted on social social media. He basically said that he was being defiant. So I'm like, no. Even though that they're a kid under Tinker, which is like an armband case during Vietnam, children still have the right Um to their First Amendment rights. And that's a freedom of uh, assembly, freedom of association, freedom of speech. And he was there with two white friends. So he got suspended. And they suspended him because they said he was defiant. But they did not suspend his friends. Hmm. So equal, so for because me... They, is it because they did or didn't post? Did they post something similar? He was what? already suspended before he posted. He's posted <clears throat> because of his frustration of okay. the suspension. Hmm. So... My thing is, like, they violated this young man's equal protection clause because, number one, there needs to be, like, some type of fairness going back to the fairness. And when I talk about fairness, it's not yeah, fairness. Yeah, I, I, I know. Uh, but if it's good for one, it's good for the other. He went to the, that game, and it wasn't even at his school. It was at the opposing school. He pays his way. He's not participating in the activity. He's sitting with friends. He's not causing a disturbance. So, therefore, they shouldn't have came over there. If you're saying anybody was disruptive, I would say they was disruptive when the teachers kept coming back and forth. Mm. When, when I was at Warren Central, we had friends at Bowling Green, and we used to basically go on both sides oh, and yeah. stuff. They used a fight that occurred a year earlier that was between Bowling Green and Central as the, uh, being between, like, South Warren and Central. And one of the reasons why he went over there is because his friends, Central, going back to Greenwood, uh, South Warren used to be a part of Central. Sure. And then they separated the school. Mm-hmm. So when he was growing up, these kids used to be the friends that he grew up with. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there was no reason for this kid to uh, move. But why didn't you ask these other young men who was of a different race to move? Mm-hmm. They try to say, well, the policy um, dictates, and I'm like, no, the policy doesn't. Claudette Cloven was 15 years old, and she was arrested. And the law, basically, she was before Rosa Parks. And the law basically said she couldn't sit where she wanted to sit. But under the Constitution, she had the right to sit wherever she wants to sit as long as she wasn't causing a disturbance. All right, so that that brings me to another question. And I was reading about it, I think it was uh, was a couple days ago. I just Googled, why why are black people Democrats? And, That's a good question. And so uh, one of the things that popped up in there was that because there's such a big difference between state and federal laws, states tended to, even now, I mean, states have a proclivity towards laws that essentially shit on people, right? Yeah, and then that. whereas the federal level, they just sort of say, no, this is right for everyone. And so because the... Republican Party seems to go towards lesser government involvement, lesser federal involvement. Yeah. It makes sense to not go with that party because when you're putting when you're putting power in the power of the states, yeah. you never know who you're getting who's running the state. You know, you know, you may have a racist governor, you may have all this other stuff, and then you are having to deal with shitty laws right. at the state level when the government has something completely different from you. 
And then when there's a party that says we want more government involvement so that we don't have to worry about that, kind of falls on that. Do you sort of agree? Am I on the right page? Man, it, it needs to be a balance. But I'll tell you this. Like, why there's a lot of African Americans, Democrats, it goes back to, like, the 50s. It goes back to, like, when Nixon was actually the vice president. And I think Eisenhower was actually the president. And Martin Luther King was in jail. Up until then... Uh, mass people were actually Republicans. A lot of people don't realize that, yeah. Because really? you got to think about it. Even um, Robert Smalls, he was a Republican when he was a senator. That's the guy that I was telling you about yes. earlier. There was a lot of people, Martin Luther King, if you go back and look at his registration, his dad and him were Republicans until like the Civil Rights era and during the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, because the parties changed. They switched, they changed man. Completely. They switched, yeah. yeah. They switched. Because people use it as a like thing. the party of Lincoln. Yeah, no, they, it, it, Lincoln. but they don't say that The shit. party of yeah. Lincoln is actually Democrats yeah, today. Yeah. So, um, but they switched. But on Fox News, they'll be like, yeah, we originally were the <laughs> We first. freed you guys. Yeah. I swear to God. No, like, no. <laughs> I don't think it's the same Lincoln because if you go back to like uh, Teddy Roosevelt, he had like a lot of conservative, like conservation type things. He basically, even Bush... The first elder Bush, he had like the the Air Act and stuff and whatnot, and those things are considered democratic policies today. Mm. Reagan had amnesty back in the eighties. Yes. You remember how yeah. he, Reagan yeah. talked about gun regulation? He mm-hmm. wanted regulation, big, big time. time, way more yeah. than Obama ever but thought. Yeah. Of. Reagan was trash though. Oh yeah, he, he, was, shot. Yeah, yeah, he, was. he was. He was absolute trash. You talking about the trickle down theory? Huh, I talk about that. oh trickle down. I talk about the Iran Contra war. Yeah. I talk about funding oh, the Taliban. Sa- look, yeah. they sandbagged talk, real yeah. hard on that Iran Contra oh, scandal. Oh man. Yeah. So. Oh man. But I mean, like. For us as African Americans, I think what it is, and I think that we pick up what naturally our parents say. But our parents going back, they didn't educate themselves. I knew my mother was a Democrat, but she did. She know why she was a Democrat. Yeah. But at some point, my grandfather must have been a Republican, and he switched to a Democrat. Mm. So I would love to ask him why did he switch and stuff. And I'm pretty sure it's because he saw the civil rights era and the movement, and you know the voting rights and everything else. It came through the Democratic party as opposed to the republican party but i do think there needs to be a balance there's some things i agree with you know on the republican side sure. there's things i agree with you know don't de- agree with on the the democrat side it's stuff. a sh- it's a shame how that sounds like a rare thing to hear anymore <clears throat> it's the truth man <laughs> but you know something interesting it, it kind of reminds me of a bell curve because you were talking about yeah. regulation yes. with regard to states and how that's off-putting to potentially African American or, or really any minority well, population, yeah, so much yeah. off-putting. There's just so many variables in there, right? Yeah. So, so they they tend to gravitate towards you know federal mandate type yes. stuff. Yes, but the bell curve. If you look at how uh, Bernie Sanders polled versus Hillary Clinton amongst African Americans, Hillary Clinton blew him completely. Yeah, I was going to say she out of the water. Him. Yeah, yeah, and and you, it could be name recognition. Yeah. It could be. It's, direct it's party affi- name, yeah. affiliation or whatever. Yeah. But Bernie Sanders is a much more extreme example of, you know, federal oversight and mandate yep. versus yep. Hillary Clinton being a very kind of moderate, middle of the road Democrat. Yeah. yeah, she's a centrist. Um, very much has Wall Street mm-hmm. interests in mind. Uh, Which but, I disagree with, man. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. But... Uh, but Bernie Sanders, again, on that other end of the bell curve, just drops off. It's almost like the Democrats, the establishment Democrats, have figured out a way to smile and subjugate at the yeah. same time. Wow. Well, I'll tell you this, even as African-American. Can we talk about Northam? Absolutely. You know, the governor? What do you think about him having a blackface? 
Oh, the one in Virginia. Oh, yeah, Virginia. We're talking, okay, so yeah, 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 you guys think about that. It was it, it was stupid. Okay, it was yeah. stupid yeah. as hell, yeah. right? But it's I, I equate this to just about every other thing that keeps happening. People are getting if people had the same context and knowledge of what would happen. Now, I don't think you would have done it. Yeah, right? I agree. Now, yeah, I think yeah. that I agree. people, we, we're in an age now, and I said it, I think, on the episode with Dr. Die, where it's like, people are, you're having people go through and dig into all kinds of shit to the try and find something. Yeah, yeah. that's like, why we can they romanticize did, they didn't people have from way back, right. because yeah. we didn't know a lot of the misdeeds yeah, of exactly. our heroes, because they weren't recorded. They were not recorded. There was no internet. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. nothing like that. And so, because there there weren't any sort of checks in place... Someone could do something like that and think they're purely just being funny. He may not be racist at all, but now the the narrative is painted. He's now. racist, yeah. right? And and the thing is, is uh, they're really good at prodding our emotions. Oh yeah, yeah. the right yeah. and the left. Yeah. So they take something at face value that is incendiary that stirs people up. A white man in blackface, and not only that, somebody's supposed to be an ally. Yes, in yeah. blackface. But if you really dissect it and look at it, you're like, ah, you know, it's a symptom of a bigger problem. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you can't throw everybody into the abyss for misdeeds like that. People are getting thrown yeah. in the trash. Yeah. They, you can't throw everybody in the trash or cancel everybody because it's going to be half the country then, man. You, you won't it's have no allies. Have have Bryce, Bryce said this in it's our last episode. People want to vote for some kind of demigod. It's like you, not gonna you're, happen, you're, you're never gonna happen. You're, you're never. Look, Barack happen. Obama was the closest thing to a demigod. But he was But I'm saying, did you read his book? I didn't read his book. No, I hadn't. But in his he, smoked, he did cocaine. Huh? A broad oh, cocaine. So did everyone else, like I'm it. sure. But yeah, 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 now people are like, well, hell yeah. Like, when, when Clinton was like, well, I, in, I inhaled. No, he, he said he didn't. He uh, said he, he didn't inhale. inhale. He said <laughs> he took a toke. That line, mother. But as far as in the public eye, the active bids to denigrate the man's character. Yep. Oh, my God. No, I really, and they... I, I would say that a lot of like far right, fringe right individuals would say that Trump is subject to worse persecution. They would say that kind of thing. I, I'm sure they would, but I don't think any president in the history of the United States has been subject to the same degree of scrutiny as Barack Obama was, no, as far as right. character. Yeah. Is. I mean, yeah. and nobody yeah. else would have been able to stood up to that scrutiny yeah. like he yeah. did. Yeah, and, and we said this in our last. I think it was the episode with with Bryce. We were like, I think that that Barack Obama was made in a lab. It was just the perfect, the per. Yes, he did coke or whatever, you yeah. know. But it's just like, but the he, fact that he was able to skate through all that bullshit and I like think keep he had his head. To. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. If you he ever had watched to. like Forty Two, man, talking about like Jackie Robinson, he was pissed, you yeah, know, behind the scenes, and he was ready to go at people oh, yeah. and stuff. But then, like, um, they the kept lights telling came Branch, on. To, yeah, Branch basically told him, "You can't do this because right now, if you do it." They, they, what we're trying to do won't occur. Yeah, I think Barack may have been pissed behind the scenes. Sure, and he probably wanted to say and a he's lot. He's aged him, but he knew. Yeah, yeah, you saw yeah, he's got yeah, the gray yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah wrinkles turn. and everything, everything. Yeah. quickly and stuff. Yeah, because he was like, what, forty-two when he first started. I think yeah, forty-three yeah. somewhere right there. Uh, but I think that he knew that he had to be more like, uh, more like Jackie. Mm-hmm. He couldn't basically say the things that he wanted to say. Because he knew that the next person that's going to come behind him will not be able to come behind him. Because they'll look at 
him as an angry black man. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think that he had to basically wait. He had to wait and basically be like, it may not be me, and it may not be the next predecessor, but it may be somebody in the future basically be like, this is how I really feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is how I really feel and stuff. But going back to like Northam, I think that it's so old. Yes. It's like, what did you do today? Yeah. What did you do today? Are you still doing these same things? Because yeah. if you're still doing these same things, then yeah, you're righteous outrage. But if you're going back some 30, 40 years yeah. ago. It's in 1984. When somebody's in Wow. How old Think about this. He was young, though, at the time. Yeah, right? he was young. Yeah. But think about this. Like, it's, it's even hard to feel remorse about something that you probably forgot about. And in that time, like, if you looked at, like, comedy specials. Oh, my God, Eddie time, Murphy. Eddie no Murphy. shit about Eddie, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> but that, but that's he said I'm, every word in the book, uh, man. Uh, uh, Soul Man. Soul Man. Wait, Soul Man. I, I don't know if I watched that one. Yeah, I oh, did. Did you know what <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Soul Man was uh, uh, one of the cats. You know, you remember was he Was he, was he, he. Took some kind of laboratory grade pill that increased his melanin and made his oh, hair nasty. Yes, yeah. and it was a white dude. Oh, it was a white dude. You gotta and, watch him, bro. You gotta watch. And women exactly. were falling in love with him, and he was just happy. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was entertaining as fuck when I was a kid, though. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is entertaining. But now it's mad racist. Is it? Well, Robert Downey Jr. did it, man. Oh, he did it. I'm trying to thunder. Yeah, you know, he's just like playing a dude. You, you asked him about that. He's like, I'm Iron Man. I don't know what you're talking about. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like one of his best movies. I know. With you. I, know. I, know. I thought Tropic Thunder was funny. I thought it was. But yeah, it's, it's for, again, going back to it, I think that it would be hard for me to, to generate the remorse to generate the yeah. sadness yeah. and the regret because Kalu just doesn't feel remorse in general. He I feels don't say that. That's like eighty percent true. But <laughs> he's a shark, dude. I swear. I uh, but it's like if it's if it's so long ago. Yeah. Now and, and like, God, it, it's hard for me to be. Like, yes, that was stupid. Yeah. yeah. Just like I Liam Neeson when yeah. we talked about this in our other episode. Just like Liam Neeson. Yeah. He got pissed. His friend got raped. I think she she was raped or something like yeah. that. Bro, oh, I'd be out to kill anyone. Well, just, I'd for real be out to kill anyone. Well, yes, he and, took it a step far, but I'm going to find the first black dude. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, and, yeah, and, was, and also, he's a product of his environment as well. Yeah. Was I he mean, from Ireland? Yeah, it, I you mean, know, aren't there races over there in Ireland? Ireland? Well, yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, and yeah. And yeah. how many black people are in Ireland? Seven. Seven, for real. But honest to God, like him, if you think about it socioculturally, when he says it within that context, and then we frame it up in a very American context, it it does have a different element. It doesn't recuse him from that being a fucked up thing. It doesn't. But but he's not canceled because of it. And that's something I can't stand with the hyper diligence on everything because I feel like they've got... Our side chasing windmills. I, yeah. I agree with chasing, that. I agree with that. All of these, we should have thicker skin it. than we do. You talking about like even stuff like even Kevin Hart? Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Everything. So, I I, I, th- I thought that it was it, again. It happened a long time ago. We already yep, apologized yep. for it. He's a comedian though too. And, and, and he's, he's a comedian. A, yeah. And if you look at my two of my favorite comedians of all time, and and they transcend being a comedian because honestly, like to me, they're more like philosophers. Yeah, yeah. George Carlin. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. George Carlin, if you go back and you look at his catalog of shit, he said all kind of wild stuff. One of my funny, one of my favorite books is Napalm and Silly Putty. Dude, I've got got the the whole collection of everything. And then uh, Patrice O'Neill. Patrice, I remember Patrice. And Patrice understood comedy 
for the element of eliciting an emotional response, yeah, yeah, antagonizing. Yeah, yeah. It was a deliberate bid at making people feel something. And he has that quote, and I've said it in previous podcasts, that comedy is not about making everyone laugh. It's about making a few people laugh and making everybody else cringe and discomfort. Yeah. Yes. Because that there is an element to that with yeah, comedy. Yeah. If, you, if you talk about comedy, that, especially comedy that comes from a place of hurt, like my group can joke about this, but you haven't been through this shit, so yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not super comfortable with that kind of stuff. It's not okay for us to go around policing language in those ways because, again, we're going to end up with no allies left if we. I, 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 I agree with that. I, the only thing is, like, there has to be like a a let out, kind of like what you're saying, the policing the language. I'm looking at this is his job. I'm, whether I agree with it or not, I don't agree with like something that a KKK member will say, or if they publish someone. Facebook, and it could be something negative. You know what I'm saying? Right. But does that individual have the right? You know, yeah, he ha- he or she has the right to say whatever they want to say and then let just let the country or whatever has the consequences to it. But for Kevin, it's almost like in comedy, like what you're saying, it should be open because a lot of times it's just trying to make you think. It's, it's supposed to be open. It's make you yeah. think yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't mean it. It is. It's too illicit. Listen. Uh, an emotional yes. response, was, and, it's, yeah. and it served that purpose within that context. Nobody thought anything of it, and then yeah. ten years later, somebody wants to bring it up and again say, and, and I don't know who it is that's doing this shit. I mean, people with too much time on their yes. hands, I guess. I think yeah. it's got a lot of, uh, yeah. I think it's that, but I think it's when people want to bring somebody else down. You yeah. know, just the when you get so far up, especially like African Americans, when they get so far up, it's almost we got to do something to bring them down. Mm-hmm. Because Kev was, you know, he kept he's higher. That's true. Than yeah. Eddie, you know, he's getting there where he's yeah. higher than Eddie, and it's almost like let's bring this cat down because you're bringing stuff up like ten years ago. You bring stuff up forty years ago, but I'm like, have they done it today? Yeah. Has this individual done it today? What are they talking about today? What are they helping out with? You know, even Northam, what are the programs they're helping out with? Kevin, what are the programs that he's helping out with? Has he spoken out about issues that, regardless of what he said 10 years ago, what has he done to help out communities that he may have spoke about? Yeah. So that's well, the thing. Did, do you I'm worry about that being in politics? Did, or did you worry about that? Or do you worry about that? I don't know if you're still you know, actively involved in it, but... Is that something that you're like, oh man, he wrote some shit in my yearbook in you know in '97? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. I, sometimes I I do, but man, I really didn't do too much. But I do think that I police my language, man. Yeah. I did quite a bit. Yeah, you know, even like when I told you I may not curse. Yeah, and stuff on here, I may curse at home. Yeah, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, so well, it, it, and something it, politics aside, I think. Even people that are a fan of his could acknowledge, because they, they do, oh, well, he speaks his mind, he's unfiltered or whatever. When the President of the United States is not held to, to the, same, the standard. same standard as our not comedians regarding accountability of yeah. their language, when he's saying something about grabbing women by the pussy. Yeah, yeah about 10 and, 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 and Kevin Hart and just acts, he just used a feminine voice to talk about his kid, and, what, and we're like crucifying the motherfucker? Yeah, they, yeah and he on, had a couple dude. of tweets that were tinged with homophobia, yeah. but again, they weren't, yeah, they, they, they weren't yeah. reflective of his intrinsic belief system. It was comedy. You, if you want to look at it as bad taste, that's fine. You have that right, but you don't cast that man into the fire because of that shit. Yes. But when we have a president yeah. that is able to literally say anything and then a skirt accountability totally on it yeah. we're, we're burning everybody else at the stake yeah it makes no sense at all man well see and it goes back to like what I'm saying about Northam you're talking about something that happened in 84 but this cat's doing it 
today. Like, yes. yes, yes, yes like, like, like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> if he hears this, he's yeah. going to tweet about you guys. Yeah, exactly. I hope so. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's just a shame, man. Like, where do you, when you get to a certain point like that, where Pete, do you, or do you worry that people are going to, be scared to sort of take the mantle and take any kind of responsibility and do something well, great in their community can, because can of ju- a tweet. Can I jump yeah. in yeah. real quick? Something else that I'm thinking of when it, when we're talking about scrutinizing people to such a, a profound degree, um, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, the concepts of truth of uh, truth and reconciliation, like post-apartheid South Africa, yeah, where yeah. people that actually benefited from the apartheid system, yeah. the whites that benefited from it could come forward, make acknowledgments, whatever, and then were oftentimes recused of a lot of liability that would have been associated with it. It, In my opinion, I like, like you were talking about KKK, I, I support their right to say whatever they want to. I don't agree with it. Yeah, I don't yeah, agree I don't with agree. it. I like my racist Also, candidate. I hope you guys die in fires. Yeah, Go me ahead. too. I, I absolutely <laughs> hope y'all die in fires. Yeah, yeah. But... I like I like candor. I like yeah. my racist. If you have yeah. some kind of regressive ass view, go ahead and get it out there, and we can address yeah. it yeah. with with kind of scientific precision. Let's let's unpack this. Let's not just have an emotional reaction and throw everybody well, into the, the trash. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff. Like, can people change? And I think that we should have the right to change and to be able to grow and learn and stuff. You know what I'm saying? People change all the time. I'm not the same cat that I was pre-election. You right. know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I've learned so, so many things. You're probably not the same cat that you was 10 years ago. No, no. You know, no. your views have grown and stuff and whatnot. If we always keep crucifying different people, nobody will ever come by and, and basically try to lead the country. And true exactly. leaders will never arise out of so this. But, but, there, earlier but there is the a year. lot of solidarity on the right. They don't really... They don't really hold their own to the same accountability. Yeah, I agree with that. And 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 you know you preach extreme accountability, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. all about extreme accountability. But there's a point where that ends, and you're essentially the beast is eating itself. It's eating Our itself. side fights yes. with itself yes. more than we fight so, with the other side. The other side just year. belligerently, they're like, "All right, yeah, whatever. As long yeah. as you ain't in my as long business. as you're not in my stuff." Yeah. yeah. Earlier this year, I, I talked about it in one of our, I think it was a sausage making session that we had. Where I was saying that uh, there was supposed to be a big time women's march, yeah, and they yeah. canceled it because they said there weren't enough black people in the, you know, there weren't enough black people in there. It's a women's march, but it's like we're at a point where we're scared to they and who I don't know the full context of the story. Yeah, I would like to think that they sent invites to everyone in town because if you're gonna have a women's march, I don't think it matters who you're who's who, coming. Who, so. who's coming. Yeah. Maybe it just so happened. I I would like to think I'm. I'm erring on the side of this thought that yeah. people just didn't feel like showing up. It was up a representative it. sample of the population of the town, possibly. Exactly. Too. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. Because if two they canceled it, showed up, it might have been a representative sample. Percentage-wise, yes. Yeah. It could have so, been a representation, but they canceled it because there weren't enough people there. And it's like, I think that when you get to that Enough point, diversity. Yeah, enough yeah. diversity. You're missing the... Like, I thought this was a women's march to talk about the great things that women have done, yeah. Yeah. but you're shooting yourself in the foot because you don't want to get canceled by some 18-year-old that's probably some Russian bot. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. That's probably some big yeah. thing yeah. that's just yeah. like... Just to trying, stir, just to stir shit up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how do you get... How do we move forward when all that stuff is happening? We gotta talk to each other, man. I think at the end of the day, we gotta talk to each other. A lot of African Americans feel like that their issues are not being heard and stuff. And like, and they'll be like, "Okay, we're gonna support you, but how are you gonna come over here and support us?" There's a lot of stuff that goes on in Bowling Green, kind of like what we discussed. Sure. 
in general and like where you showing up and and, and again we got to show up mm. we got to show That's up too thing. we, we got to show, show up, up. We do, because yeah. we can't expect nobody else to show up if we're not showing up ourselves. It's accountability. We, I agree and with And I it. think that when you start to show up, you'll realize you don't need any saving. I agree with you that. Don't need a, yeah. You don't need, like, yeah. I, I support you, but I don't need you. And that's yeah. why I support you. Because it's a problem if I need you. Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? I and I said that. the same thing to Shep. Like, I I support people like you, but it's because I've, I, I'm whole myself. If I need you to fix my problems... The same shit is going to happen when you leave office. And then I we're going to be that. unhappy about the same thing. I definitely agree with that. You know, it's a lot of times we can't be looking at for somebody else to kind of like uh, save us. But I'll tell you this. You asked me a question earlier, like, have I experienced like any type of racism? Yeah. Yeah. I would I imagine have, probably man. have. Because a lot of people think I'm Hispanic. But uh, I've also... And you tell them you're Carlos. Oh, yeah, man. It's like, see, see more. And then you talk, and they're like, oh, bro, oh, man. damn. <laughs> oh, my um, hablo espanol muy, muy poquito. I can't speak a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm saying? Uh, but I'll tell you, like, two stories. So when I was running for office, mm-hmm. we was talking about... Uh, when I was running for office, we was talking about, like, a community review board. Mm-hmm. So a community review board is basically where they kind of police the police. So I'm mm. in front of the police officers. I'm actually in front of the FOP, man. Yeah. And I knew I'm not going to get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have said, said that and stuff. Whatnot. <laughs> so I'm in there, and they're basically like, why do you think that we need it? And I was like, it's, doesn't, it's transparency. Yeah. Like community review board is basically the community itself. It can be between five or seven people that's there that can look at incidents that actually occur here to make sure if there's an officer that doesn't need to be there can make a recommendation to the city commission. Because they're the ones that hire and fire different officers. Mm. So if they're hiring and firing different officers, we could basically either try to help out whatever the issue is, like some type of sensitivity training, or if that person don't need to be there, they don't need to be there, whatever infractions that they have. So they looked at me and they was like, we don't need it. Then I hear like one of my buddies who was actually a country boy, they're like, Carlos, man, they're talking about you on the radio. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, man, I'll listen to it because I was in court. All right, man, hit me up. Um, tell me which, uh, I guess, uh, radio station it is, and I'll listen to it. So he uh, hit me back up, and I listened to it, and they was talking about there's no problems. And I'm like, that's not true. That's not, yeah. I know that there are problems here mm-hmm. that doesn't get discussed and stuff. So if you wanted to basically make allies, and I think that the only way we move forward is, is making allies, you come support some of the issues that African Americans have and mm-hmm. stuff. That's the way that if they see you show up, there are a lot of times, everybody's not going to show up, but some people will. Some people will. They yeah. will show up and try to help out. And for the ones that are not showing up, they need to do better. I know my cousin voted for the, he's like my brother, voted for the first time because I was in the election. Mm. And I'm like, man, you That's need to awesome. be voting. All the time. A lot, all the time. Yeah. yeah, I'm like. And know, and know who's running for and what and, and yes. why. Why, you know? exactly. I, I, um, and I tell people, and I said this in Shep's episode, that um, we, have to, we have to start locally with our I voting. Agree. Uh, people, the reason people think that the president's gonna fix the the messed up potholes in your street, no, or they think no. that they're gonna Jobs. build something, no, no. they're not gonna no. do that. It's, like it's the it's the commissioners, yeah, it's the it mayors, yeah. it's those people that it's those elections that people don't give a shit about that yeah. turn out like six thousand votes or something like that. Yeah, those are the ones that you need to be caring about. And what's interesting, if it's one of those where it's uh, you have a pool of individuals yeah. and you're voting for multiple slots, yeah. 
it's a dangerous thing to Super only dangerous. know one or two of them cats yeah. because you yeah. are most yeah. people are going to arbitrarily if they don't know the other ones they're going to arbitrarily just they're, be like, just gonna be, like yeah, this whatever. name well, this it's, name, it's, it's name okay. brand man yeah. you know uh, my cousin made a good point I got in the election the very last day and a lot of times it was just me and my wife that was walking around because our other girls were smaller uh, which my 15 year old could have helped out but my 19 year old was actually in college mm-hmm. so we was just walking around we didn't get to hit up every neighborhood that we needed to hit up but he said man it's going to be harder for you because it's the you got in the very last day, mm. which I think I did okay getting in the last day because yeah. I came in six and I was actually number six. But he said it's the name brand. So they may not even agree with what this person is, is for and stuff, yeah. but they see this person's name all the time because they're a previous commissioner. Or they so see now they like say Peanuts. Peanuts was a brand, basically. Brand, exactly. Yeah. Or Coca-Cola. Think about mm-hmm. it like that. A new... Uh, you've heard of Crip Cola yet? Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. talking about... Uh, uh, Killer uh, Mike, man. Killer yeah, Mike. Killer Mike. Yeah. Michael Render. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you... If you put on next to each other, guess what most excited. people... That's my shit. I love Michael Render. <laughs> who do you think they're going to go for? Oh, I already know, man. It's the name brand, yeah, man. Yeah. It's the one. And the other one could taste better. It could be better for it. Well, neither coach is going to be better, but it could be a little bit <laughs> less you. sugar and stuff, man. Yeah. So, But they're going to be like, I know Coke. It's been around here for such a long time. So going to your your you know, your know point, they're going to... What's more comfortable? What's more easy? Yeah. The name yeah. that I know. I know what I'm getting out of Change Coke. is scary. Yeah, it is, scary. man. It's always scary, bro. And the thing, I don't know how people can can be scared of change when it's... When it's stuff that they just don't pay attention to in the first place, I agree. Like I, it blows my mind seeing it's some comfort, of the bro. Like, yeah, seeing some it's of the comfort. people in there that are commissioners now, and I see them at restaurants and they're yeah. doing like they're campaigning, just sitting in there every day, yep. going in there every day. And I'm yep. and I'm in my head, I'm just like, because I have no problem. Listen, I've said it before. If I run for commissioner, I'm shitting on. Everybody, because <laughs> there's stuff that should have been done long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. And these motherfuckers Blue are out here just being comfortable. Yes, I called you all <laughs> motherfuckers. Because I'm tired of people. I'm tired of a bunch of this stuff not getting done. And listen, man, like if you're gonna take the mantle of, of a responsibility, because I do yeah, see yeah. a city commissioner as more important than a president. Yeah. I do see a mayor as more important than a president. You better come in there to do fucking work. Because that's where our jobs are coming in. That's exactly where the jobs, jobs are coming. A lot, of, a lot of people don't realize this. Factories oh, are yeah, going like to city automation, planning, man. Yes. The city planning all stuff. Right there. All that stuff is coming. Yeah. It's coming, man. Automation well, they're, stuff. They're, they're doing it and, and I don't ever talk about it explicitly where I yeah. work. Uh because I have no affiliation with that yeah, when I'm doing gotcha. this, but we're we're pushing towards automation right now, and everybody's yep. shitting a brick. And I'm going to be where honest. Where are you going to be? Where's yeah. a lot of people going to have their jobs at next? Right. And yeah. that's the thing. Because they're it, it, really they talk about it being more convenient, but mm-hmm. really there are yeah. two there are two things that are built into it. If you, if you're using a tablet and you're digitizing mm-hmm. everything as opposed to having paperwork yep. that you're having somebody go and sign. You know, yeah. as a social worker, yeah. I'm out ripping and running a lot. Yeah. 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 I deal with the homeless population yeah. some, uh, people in personal care homes, a whole lot of different populations that I deal with. And I'll be honest with you, in my mind, it's easier to grab because I'm not paperwork heavy in my program. Gotcha, man. So I, I, it's easier for me to either delegate out, or are you going to see X individual today to do, mm-hmm. because I don't work with them like one-to-one like yeah. that. All I do is that, you know, their housing portion. Gotcha. Um, so I might delegate out to somebody, hey, have them sign this and, and we'll work it out. With automation, and you're talking about tethering it to a system that yeah. we have at work, um, that 
if you frame it up in terms of it being more efficient, no, you're you're applying an arbitrary system to a system that we already have in place. When, yeah. when I'm not paperwork heavy, mm-hmm. if you're paperwork heavy, I totally understand. You know, you don't want to bring a stack of uh, shit with you to go through. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that, but the bottom line is people are losing their minds, and you have to account for not only uh, the the fact that even us, yeah. it, it, the yeah. age group that we're in, we don't like it. People that are closer to 50, 60, yeah. 70 years yeah. old, um, ageism is something to think it's about huge. as well. And I, I hate to frame it up in these terms, but The Office, you've seen The Office episode yeah. when they're talking about ageism? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that episode. I feel like I've watched I it. i got to watch it back and watch yeah. it. Well, it, 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 that episode was centered around automation. Everything is automated, and it's framed up to the people in terms of, well, it's it's just going to make your job easier. No, it's not. But yeah, it's going it's, it's going to outcompete yeah. your ass. Yeah, exactly. what well, it's going to eliminate you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there is also the accountability. There's a timestamp that's yeah. associated with it. I checked in with this individual at this time, and it dinged the system. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a it's a caller too. Yeah. yeah. At the same yeah. time, you know, it's I have a different. Obviously, you know, I have a different view of that because that's what I do with my day job is selling oh, software. Well, I mean, selling software yeah. that. That essentially makes it so that you don't need to hire people, right? Now, I, I've said this in multiple episodes before, and I'll say it now. The way that I was taught when I started at my first IT job, the, my, the first thing my boss told me was, if you live your life and work like a script, I'm going to write a script to replace you. Yeah. And so uh, you know how a script runs. A yeah, script yeah. is just an automated thing right, and there's yeah. so many people and 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 he proved it because if he saw that I was doing something repeatedly, he you would know, literally that he was that good. He would write a script that was doing what I was doing and say go find something else to do. Oh wow. And wow. so when when we have but here's the thing because I, I I'm all about extreme ownership. I don't I get uncomfortable when I see people in jobs doing the same function for 20-something years. Absolutely. It blows my mind. It's like, yeah, look, yeah. you have... The brain is the most powerful tool on Earth. Why would you use it turning a screwdriver? Why would you use it doing this thing? But it also... I say that... Or I say that when... If you were to implement a system in, into a place, you have just as much, if not more, responsibility to train those other people and still keep them valuable I agree to doing something different. Well, see, and, and that's where it comes in. I guess if we're going to bring in new manufacturing and stuff or yes. not, we need to have something. Let's give them an incentive. And that's yes. where I'm kind of like more Republican on there. Yeah. We need to give them like some type of tax break or yeah. some type of property abatement or something like that. What We could have had the Kia plant years mm-hmm. ago. Bowling Green could have had the Kia plant here. And that was going to bring 1,500 jobs here. My God. So even the janitor was going to have like, you know, at least maybe 25 to up, you know, per hour and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I could be wrong. (laughs) 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 And I could be wrong about that. You know what I'm saying? But the general would have been making like some type of money. But what they should have done is think about like the future. If everything is going to go back to the script or something, let's make sure I'm going to give you like this tax incentive. I'm going to give you like some type of property incentive. But what you're going to do is every worker that you're going to have to lay off, you're going to have to retrain them for something that's inside that factory and stuff. So that's what they should have done a long time ago. And and something else that I I think that I can even connect where you're at Mm -hmm. and where I'm at to is I am all about if a if a particular market, I guess, 
pushes itself to the point of automation. That's the natural flow of where that's going. Mm-hmm. Say McDonald's goes fully automated. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't give a shit about that those jobs are not filled by individuals. Right. I just want the people that otherwise would be in those jobs to have a fair bid at something. Yeah. That's why I also uh, preach this notion of mechanical solidarity over organic solidarity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where you're not completely dead in the water and you only do this one thing. Yeah. I think everybody needs to understand the utility of growing your own produce, mm-hmm. canning, yep. Yep. all these things that our grandparents just fundamentally do. knew how to do. Yeah. And yeah. it's been lost within like two generations. And that's a frightening Which fucking thing. Which is sad, man. It's terrifying. Really sad, so, so. so many people would be dead in the water. Yeah. Okay, so as as a politician, did you struggle getting getting the younger vote rallied? Like the younger demographic rallied around anything? You know, I, I think that my biggest thing was that I got in there very late and I didn't get to knock on as many doors as I could have, to be honest with you. Because I had over 4,000 votes, a little bit, you know, about 42-something. And I think that uh, Slim and uh, uh, Rick had maybe a 1,000 more than me or yeah. something. But you got to go back. They're name brand, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, And I get in it on August, the last day. I think mm-hmm. it's August 14th or something like that. Yeah, I remember so you were late at I get in it the very last day. And a lot of times, the only times I get to walk around is when I'm out of court. Mm-hmm. So when I get out of court, it's like five. Sometimes, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep so going. I'm only walking around two hours, and the best days I can walk around is really Saturday, and I'll try to mm-hmm. walk around all day. But it's only two of us. Mm-hmm. So just going through this neighborhood, you know, going through like Roseline and everything else, that may take about five or six hours just going through these different neighborhoods, mm-hmm. knocking on doors with just two people and stuff. So that I think that I rallied around some people, and then somebody told me that the African American vote was actually up this election here. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it was because I got in, because I'm from pretty much the what you would consider somewhat of a hood yeah. here in Bowling Green. It, okay, so it's 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 weird for me to think about knocking on doors in the age where everyone does everything electronically. I think like that, I feel like. And this is where you like educate me because I don't know anything about it. It's just like people can connect with others on YouTube and all these other it things. It doesn't elicit the same chemical response, bro. Exactly. As some dude at your door shaking your hand. Yep. Even if you aren't politically affiliated with them, man, it really just ingrains yeah. them to you. This He's person, right. okay. this person yeah. whose name I'm gonna see on the ballot came to my door, and and sometimes you'll have like a card in your. Um, yeah, it's like a almost like a postcard, but yep, it'll be yep. like for a political candidate yep. or something. You'll see that, but then to see that individual actively out, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and stuff, it elicits a whole other chemical sure. response, man. Yeah. Well, clue, I had like a, I had like this script, and I'll tell you this, Chris, I had like this script that was going by, but I used to work for the the, the, the DSCC years ago as an intern. So what we learned is basically don't completely go off the script. Yeah. So when I came to talk to somebody. There was a guy that was a uh, Republican, and mm-hmm. he asked me, was I a Democrat? And I just told him the truth. I was like, yeah. And he was like, man, I'm not going to vote for you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, can I ask you just one thing? Yeah. What is the main problem here? And then he talked about he got laid off. Ah, yeah, so guess what I did? Yeah. I started talking about, like, you know, what Bowling Green could do. Yeah. He was like, I like it. 
You see, in, in so, city commissioner things, yeah, I don't think parties should have Be, anything. anything <laughs> like, you should just, like, no, it, this is not a party thing. Well, the and guy killed by asking me. He kept asking me. He was like, I'd rather you tell me. And he said, you know, how some balls to basically tell what you are. And I'm like, well, I'm registered as a Democrat. Yeah. So, and he was like, he, I can't vote for you. But when I got done talking to him, he was like, I'm about to look at you and stuff. Well, and really, but it was because of the to, job, yeah, though, man. Right, yeah. You said the, the, job. City, the city commissioner shouldn't have that party kind of lines drawn? Dude, I'm, I mean, all the way up. Yeah. Shouldn't have this dichotomous sure, sure. party lines that are drawn right there. Especially if you're talking about local government. Government. And you have people, party. Right. We yeah. had, uh, what was it, the Fairness Coalition or yeah, whatever yeah. that was trying so, to be pushed through? Yeah. Uh, Along those lines, you even had people that were Democrats that were not wanting to step on anybody's toes by Damn. imposing yes. this Fairness Act because yeah. they thought that it would, uh, it wasn't necessary, is what mm -hmm. they were saying. It wasn't that they were saying that it would in any way uh, negatively influence how people do their business on a day-to-day because -day they didn't want to indict local business owners as yeah, having any yeah. kind of biased predilections, but they would say, you know, this isn't necessary. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But it, it's... It's fundamentally flawed that we will, we will essentially put somebody in such a so close to the heart type of position yeah. as a city commissioner based solely upon party affiliation. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. ridiculous. Because yeah. the straight yeah. ticket, bro, this they're is, the worst. Oh well, this year I voted this this past year yeah. I yeah. voted for um your your buddy mm -hmm. is a Republican. Um, mm -hmm. He's more like a libertarian kind of Republican. You're, you're talking about Ben? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and and then... You guys were friends? Yeah. Gotcha. Ben Lawson. And yeah, then yeah. I've got... Uh, I think there might have been... Uh, I, I don't really think I... I mean, I, I went piecemeal through yeah. the entire ballot. And it was overwhelmingly Democrat that I oh, voted yeah, for. Yeah. But you still should go through a piecemeal. If you just show yeah, up to a straight yeah, ticket, should, man. man, you're part of the problem if you straight ticket. I agree with that. Because sometimes like a person may not necessarily agree where you stand yeah. on some things and stuff or not. Straight ticket. I, I voted like, you know, I'm a Democrat and I vote primarily Democrat, but I have voted for Republican. At least you yeah, can say too. primarily. Yeah. Some people are just like, you wear it like a badge of honor. Like, well, I went down the ticket. You I know, say like, it's like fantasy Democrats. football, dude. It, oh, God. People, yeah. people play politics like fantasy yeah, football. Yeah, they do. They, that's, that's actually perfect. It, that's it, actually perfect. Dude, yeah. it is. It's, it's, they, they get, there's some schadenfreude that's associated with whenever we get shit on. Like, yeah. they, they tell, oh, the libtards are getting all stirred up and upset yeah. about yeah, They yeah, love that. Yeah. They love that. And that's even people that you and I would see on a semi-regular basis that we don't have any, any problem with. Yeah. They just like to antagonize us, like a good old boy. Me and you both know people like that, that we have a lot of things not necessarily in common with them. Yeah. But they're not, you know they're not a horrible human being, you know? Yeah. Well, some of my best friends are like, it sounds bad when we say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where you go. <laughs> so so like, 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 I have good friends who are Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> I know like one of them or something, man. <laughs> no, man. I got a couple of them. Yeah, I'm I, I do too. And, and honestly, like, the, the thing is, and I forget which comedian was talking about, like, abortion, for example. And... And this comedian is obviously super leftist and, and pro-women's right yeah, to decide yeah. on that issue. But he's like, you got to understand that some of these people, they they truly believe that you're killing babies. Yeah. So yeah, why, would, yeah, you, why yeah. would you have any other reaction than to freak out than about to freak that kind out, of shit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I forget why I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to ask about, there was one concept that we brought up um, in, I think it was the episode with Bryce. Okay. We were talking about who needs the most healing. Um, it, I've been thinking about this for since we since we talked about it, right? Yeah. So we did you? I don't know if you heard that one, but what we said was like, or man, what, Bryce brought it, didn't uh, he? Bryce yeah, but, it brought yeah. It. I asked him. I was like, do you, I asked I asked him like, do you feel like maybe white people might need more healing because what Chris had mentioned was that some are addicted to privilege, like it's a drug, and because there's this inequality there's people like you that are coming up there right yeah. and it's just such a foreign thing to see that there that people will sort of go up in arms and lose their mind because there's a black guy that's running for office or there's a black guy that's doing well yeah. or anything like this when you look at it historically yes it's all everything has been run by white people and white communities and all this kind of stuff but when you see someone like you coming out there gotcha. and people are getting mad about well, it when you look at it on a grand scheme it's like who really well, needs think the about healing? it think about how frightening it might be it had to been frightening. Decided, somebody like them to see somebody that they would as a like lawyer, there's a lot of white people that don't even have a black friend or like yeah, really which, like, is, which is bad man you but it, there's a Probably quite a few, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. They, they just don't interact with black folks that yeah. damn often. But do, you, do you think that there is some kind of healing that needs to be done? I think that we all got the same thing. But if we're going back to like who needs the most healing, I'm thinking about like the drug ep- epidemic. I know okay. that a lot of stuff that's going on is going to be like in in a couple of years, Kentucky is going to be more like Colorado. Oh There's yeah, so many African Americans. That even that I know that went to jail just mm-hmm. over marijuana, over weed, just yeah. over and, weed, and got man. Way worse yeah. charges. Non-violent, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Non-violent type stuff. It's like they they went, got arrested for chilling. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and exactly yeah. their white counterparts, it gets framed up as like boys will be boys. Be boys. Yeah. Or yeah, it, it, now you see that there's an opioid, op, uh, you know, opioid, yeah. opioid addiction and stuff, and then you have like the marijuana stuff that's going on, and they're basically decriminalizing certain things now. So what about the person that got? you know, 10 years ago, 20 mm-hmm. years ago, they went to prison. And prison is not, you know, it's not fun. And a yeah. lot of people can tell you that. And they're nonviolent, you know, offenders and stuff. And they're in there for like a with year or two or two years. With, yeah. One murderers, rapists, everything yeah. that's there, man. Prison and is the, like, And you got to survive. It yeah. changes you as an individual. Well, as a man. Yeah. Think about yeah. like everything that that individual who went in there nonviolent, then what he had to go through at this point, his mind is changed. It's totally changed. You turn somebody that was nonviolent initially, possibly into a violent offender at this point, mm. over something that they didn't normally do. Institutionalization. Uh, Kanye, he said it the wrong way, but he talked about the 13th. And I understood what he was talking about. He was talking about like the 13th Amendment and like slavery, mm-hmm. institution and stuff. Slavery, prison... And the way that some individuals are, are some uh, classes are going to jail is almost a new slavery. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because they're private prisons. So what you need in a company, what do you need? Yeah. You need employees. You need like people that's going to actually be there and stuff. So you basically criminalize things that normally shouldn't have never been criminalized. And if it was, it should have been a, a slap on the wrist. They go in there and they're making license plates. They're going in there and they're possibly making... Sometimes even telemarketing type mm. things and stuff. Really? But yes, but they cannot. I had no clue. Yeah, yeah and they're making sense. Yeah, an hour. hours. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are even learning like some of the the uh, uh, not the CIS, like some um, like computer 
type stuff yeah. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So they're learning all this stuff in there, and they're having to apply it to like some of these companies and stuff. So when he was talking about the 13th, which he meant it in, in a weird type of way, he was saying that they're still kind of like institutionalization, institutionalized slavery to this very day. Ooh, oh, he said it all the way wrong. Yeah, he did. He said it all the way wrong. But yeah. th that's what he meant, though. Yeah. That's what he meant. And, and something else that I've noticed here lately, and especially with one of my far-left friends, another one that's, he's, he's probably a democratic socialist. He would consider himself that. He shared where the, uh, was it the Kentucky Senate passed the bill for uh, there being no requirement for your concealed carry license? Yeah, because yeah, we, that's we a were, terrible idea. Well, no, check us out. If you if you look at comparable states, mm -hmm. if you look at states that might be comparable from a socioeconomic standpoint, a cultural standpoint, whatever, and you look at crime rates and how that might be associated with open carry, concealed carry, whatever, it really doesn't have a meaningful impact upon overall crime statistics. Okay. However, I will overwhelmingly say that more people of color are prosecuted on the basis of having oh, yeah. a concealed deadly weapon than are whites. It's, so I yeah. said, if, yeah. if we de deregulate that particular thing, I would wager to say that uh, there will be fewer bullshit gun charges on oh, young yeah. black men okay. as a result of it. And I don't think it's going to increase violent crime. I really don't. I, I, I worry that just more of the wrong people are just going to be wearing that shit. They're going to do it anyway, bro. I, yeah. 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 They will okay. do that shit anyway. And and the wrong people have have licenses to conceal carry every day, bro. The there, there are people have licenses to drive cars. <laughs> they're the wrong people have <laughs> badges. Yeah. The wrong people have badges to come and yeah. like like there was that cat that just got uh arrested the parole officer, the oh, probation yes. officer. Yes. Who, here in Boulder? That that uh yeah, Tyler Young. I got you. And I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I had a run in with him mm -hmm. and uh and I it was framed up in a professional context yeah. and this young man decided he wanna act like he wanna draw down on me. Whoa, really? Yes. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, whoa, 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 like I'm not only have I identified myself as a social worker, former DCBS investigator, yeah. he was there training behind some other probation mm -hmm. officer that I've interacted with before and had zero problems with. He's always been cool daddy about everything. But that that fella who I guess he's about my age or mm -hmm. whatever, did that shit and then he gets in trouble for um his muscle, like, uh, uh, yeah, one of his parolees. parolees yeah, he yeah. was a sex, sex abuse, yes, yep. one, and then the other one was related to him uh, abusing his position. I forget what that... Uh, uh, he's going to be very was. popular where he's going. Wow. I'm yeah. very serious. But, yeah, but, yeah. The, but that's <laughs> the thing. With this bit of legislation, again, uh, people, it, I don't think it existing is going to have a meaningful uptick regarding people carrying concealed mm -hmm. or not carrying concealed. It's not. It's just going to impact, in the long run, the number of charges associated with concealed deadly weapons. And I could be wrong, but just from a statistical standpoint, if you look at other states that are comparable, it it, it doesn't. It doesn't really influence violent crime in a meaningful way like that. Well, see, I, th I think that we need regulation, but maybe if they do something like that, you know why we got regulation? It was mainly because California Mm -hmm. It was mainly because of the Black Panther Party. They had too much. That's, that's it was mainly because of them. So Reagan is the governor at this time mm -hmm. in California. They're showing up with guns. You know, yes. Bobby and they're basically showing up with guns at this time. And they're standing on those rights. 
So shortly thereafter, they're like Reagan. Yeah, uh, yeah. We need to we need to calm that down. Yeah, we're gonna take these guns yeah, away from these yeah. these black men and stuff. When because they were standing on their rights and stuff, and they was basically having their guns out in the open and stuff, and saying we have the right to these guns and stuff. And now you see little girls. Uh, there was that one where was a was a dad and a girl. That was this white girl that went on campus with a like an AR on her back, and yeah. she was just. She was looking for someone to say some shit to her yeah. or something like that. She got the publicity and stuff like that, but she was exercising her right. You know what I'm saying? She was, it was a peaceful protest, you know. Well, see, so it was ridiculous. I'm, I'm pro-gun, but I'm also too, pro yeah. uh, but I'm also pro common sense. I'm pro responsibility legislation yeah. as yes. well. Like like you don't even have to go through the same type of hoops to get a concealed carry or or own a gun. Yeah. We won't say concealed carry, we'll say own a firearm. Yeah, yeah. Um and the rifle statistics, uh, people like to parade those around. The deaths from rifles in the United States is like four or 500 per year or something like that. And they like to parade that around. But that's not representative because it doesn't encompass like pistols. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? There's a whole lot of AR platform stuff that is classified yeah. as a pistol. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in any kind of... We like to frame things up as either being all good or all oh, bad. Man. Yeah. But it, but it's not like like this could have, it could have tinges of both. Again, it could alleviate some young men of having a gun charge on. Their right, I definitely agree with that. that. That they otherwise wouldn't, it, or and it also could simultaneously have a negative uptick in violent crime in rural areas, for yeah, example, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But the bottom line is, it, if you're if you're getting behind things based on emotion alone, yeah, and that's you, you got to check your shit, man. Social media is eliciting emotional response. Oh, I yeah. share shit. I'm like, oh, that's unacceptable. I'm gonna share that just because it's from NPR or something. Yeah. I'm like, that's a credible source of information. It can be completely misleading. Yeah, so that's you, got, true. you got to check your shit every step of the way, man. Yep. Yep. And also be okay with being wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. another thing. You like, can learn stuff. You man. can learn just being wrong. And, stuff. and that's my that's one of the problems with politics is that people are they stick to their guns so much that they'll hold on to just silly information. I agree with that. Like there's nothing well, wrong. It should show growth. It's 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 a yeah. good thing if your facts are disproven or something like that. You know what I mean? Like and then own it. That's that's what a good politician or what a good person should be in general. And, I agree. With, and, I definitely agree with that, man. And Michael Render, going back to him as well, like he's a big gun rights enthusiast type yeah. individual, and he points out that at this point, and it actually in at any point in modernity in the United States history, um, gun legislation overwhelmingly and disproportionately impacts people of color. Oh yeah. What, what do you think that if somebody's getting a gun, that they need to do some type of a psychological evaluation? Absolutely, absolutely. Because the reason why is I, I was watching some on a, a Facebook where this guy he was talking to the cops and he he basically went Facebook Live and he said, "Y'all about to see a shooting." Oh, I watched you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, why are you gonna do something yeah. like that? This cat should not have a gun. If he's gonna go against all these police yeah. officers, yeah. he'll definitely kill somebody. Did he and, see his girlfriend walk out? Yeah, he told him, "Come on, come on back, come on back." So he's sitting there. It's about four or five officers that show up, just him. Oh. And now he's trying to shoot him. He died like on camera yeah. and stuff and whatnot. Oh my! But I'm God. like, this guy should have never had like yeah, a gun just never to had begin one. with and yeah. stuff and whatnot. The, the screen, but it costs how much and, money? And we're in a no fault state too. Yes. Yeah. The state of Kentucky. And don't get me wrong. Um, there, as somebody who's owned firearms and sold firearms to other responsible individuals. It is convenient the way that it is currently. Yeah. If you sell a firearm to somebody, um, 
you know, basically within the realm of possibility, if you if you don't know that they're a felon or that they're going to go do anything malicious with that firearm, yeah. you're re- recused from liability associated with that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a no-fault state. I don't think it should be that way. I think yeah. that we should know where every damn gun, if you buy a gun from uh, Cabela's or yeah. something like that, you're the one that buys it. You need to know whose hands it's going to end up with yeah. eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a uh, but but like everything, change costs money. Yeah. So how do and, we? And, and we're, I'm and we're in a listen. capitalist consumerist culture yeah, and yeah. money, money, money. There's certain things where where I am um, where I sort of go against my libertarian thoughts stuff like that stuff like guns. I'm like, you throw every penny. At psychological evaluations, yeah, you throw every penny at making but sure that we got to make sure that those are not socio-culturally biased. Because I, I agree a, with a that. lot yeah. of these, that's lot, the thing. Too. A lot of these tests, these psychological evaluations over the past several decades have received scrutiny yeah. for being so, so yes. socio-culturally biased. Oh, but they're rich. I, you know I, I, I they're even, depressed, but yeah, they're, they're yeah, even, even IQ tests. Yes. A lot of the shit that's in the IQ test is not representative of aptitude. It's representative of growing up. In a, a household that had the privilege of having, you know, books about this around yep, or that yep. around. Mm-hmm. How do you, where do you want to go for it? Obviously, you didn't, it, and this is going back to like politics and stuff like that. So, oh, that's cool, man. What's your, what's your path moving forward now? With the, with the new experience, I want to also know how you've changed because that's something that you had said before was that uh, when you ran versus who you are now as a different person. I, I'll tell you, I had to think about like certain things in a different way, you know, just in general about like even like the fairness stuff and then about like everybody needs to have like a right. So at first I was like, I had to kind of check even my own prejudice and be like, why? Then I basically, when I thought about it, I'm Would like, you be able to talk about that? Yeah, I think everybody should have rights. And I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. When I look at like, we talked about like the civil rights of African Americans, mm-hmm. and they're talking about like the fairness ordinance and stuff, whatnot. They should have it, and the reason why is because they're saying, well, the argument is this: there's stuff that's already on the books, you know, and because yeah. there's stuff that's already on the books, you don't have to have a new law for that. Mm-hmm. But when I think about like the you know the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and everything that came out from that era uh-huh. and stuff, whatnot. There was something that was actually already on the books, and that was like the 13th, the 14th, the 15th minute. Yeah. And it basically gave those things and stuff. So you needed another law just to make sure that the rights that was already constitutional to We're go protected. into that. Yeah, to protect it. So those things, it changed. And then, like, the way I thought about even listening to somebody that is ultra conservative, and basically, I'm like, I have to listen to what is your concerns because. We're never going to change anything if we can't meet halfway. Yeah, right. We so, stay in these echo chambers. Yeah, and exactly. Shit. Because some point, in, in law, what we do a lot, we're compromising. You know, and I do a lot of Title Seven stuff that uh, that's not told about and stuff whatnot in civil rights. There's a lot of cases that we had to have non-disclosure mm-hmm. agreements on. And I see that how rights can be affected and how it affects an individual in employment, uh, housing, just a, a lot of different things. So... My way, kind of like what you're saying, is not always the right way. So I had to check myself mm-hmm. to basically be like, you know, Kalu or Chris may have a point right here, and my way may not necessarily be the right way, and I need to go back and reevaluate whatever I'm saying to see, okay, why do I believe this? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Why does he believe this and stuff? And where can we meet in the middle? Okay, so it's with a, something like mob shit, yeah. Well, with yeah. something like fairness, 
okay, I, I've heard a lot of people, they, they'll use the argument like, well, what about the Civil Rights Act? And what about this? You know, it was fine for black people. But for fairness, it's it's different in my opinion. I agree with Because that. it's not written in any religious book about black people or about people of other races being well, terrible or something like that. But for some of these people that they may have reservations for homosexuality or something like that, yeah. it's life and death for these people. It's their morals. So I'm like, if they want to think that, let them think that, but let's attack, like, if you want to have that impact, stop buying from them. But your chosen yeah. belief system should never, ever bleed over into, in my opinion, public policy that, that negatively, or, or in any in way, law, but is this, yeah, is this yeah. public is. policy, though? I mean, this yeah, I mean, I'm saying, is, I'm yeah, saying what, the, what the business owners, like, they're just saying they. I guess there's the the fear that they're, and it's probably happened where people have been evicted or something like that. If you know that someone thinks this way, why do business with them? Like hurt them well, in their wallet. I, I agree with that too. I think they're going back to like the First Amendment and stuff. This business should be able to operate a certain way as long as they're not trampling. If they're not on somebody's. Anyone, they're trampling on somebody's rights and stuff. Yeah. If they're gonna have tr like MAGA shit all over their walls or something like that, don't go buy. Don't go buy right. from them. You're only gonna get yourself mad. You're, it's just gonna piss you off. Well, I'd be afraid to go into like a racist place that I know that they don't want me there because they either think I'm Hispanic or they know I'm African American. Yeah. And then they're gonna spit in my food or something. Yeah. So like, like no, I ain't well, giving my dollars. Yeah. Don't hurt stuff. them where it matters. Is their wallet. But but I again I think that we have a. a I don't think that we have a constrained capitalist system currently. I, if uh -huh. anything, I think we have a capitalist system. And, and even me making a compromise, I think that we have a capitalist system run wild. I think yes. I the disparity okay. between yeah. the top 1% has never been larger yeah. than you know people in poverty, and it just keeps getting larger. The middle class keeps shrinking. Yeah. The, yeah. There are symptoms. There's a sickness that's involved with what amounts to capitalism run amok. Yeah. So I think it's dangerous ground for us to normalize anything else that empowers a business to uh, essentially be exclusionary in any way based upon, and, and you said morals, I understand that, but if you're putting... But I don't want you to think I'm saying empowering them, it's just but, like leaving them to do their thing. But it's normalization, though. Okay. It is, and, and, and it's, passive nor it, it's passive empowerment by normalization. Okay, it is because, okay, passive. Because... A piece of shit can still stay in business yeah. if if they have enough name recognition, enough people know them, and they're like, "Well, that's just his beliefs. He's an all right guy." Mm -hmm. I just look, and I don't care. A, a motherfucker can be A to Z, cool as they can be, and yeah. then I just don't, I just don't like homos. Yeah, yeah. You well, done, bro? Like yeah, you done? Unless unless we we can have a conversation, like why? What would you? Well, the Bible says so. And if you are so stalwart, there's nothing that'll ever change your mind about that. Like we, we talked about not wanting to cancel people immediately based yeah. upon stuff like that. Yeah. So I believe in having a dialogue about yeah. this shit, but I do not think that that kind of thing should be tolerated in a, in a society. And I, I mean that progressive, not in a political sense, yeah, sure. but in a ethical, social sense. I, I agree with that. But I think that, you know, the right, the freedom, you know, of that speech is kind of like paramount. I'm not saying that I agree with what they're saying, yeah. but I think that what it has to come down to is the people, Yeah. the people to boycott certain things. Colin Kaepernick, which I wanted to bring up, you know, for... Oh, absolutely. Thing. Well, Colin, think about it. He hasn't got a job, but he was kind of proven right 
through like whatever non-disclosure agreement and the money that he's gotten. He, he's he's still he just got like, $80 million from that settlement. I thought they, 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 he couldn't disclose it. Huh? It was all over news. It was $80 million. Someone in trouble man. then, man. Someone <laughs> in trouble. $80 million. Oh, this is a non-disclosure agreement? It's, I thought the, it was supposed to be in the NDA, man. Hmm. Like, you don't post a... Once it's an NDA, and he proved that these, like, they're the like, yeah, he knows we're racist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, he's see, tra- the thing about it is like, number one, in football, wasn't until 2005... Somewhere in 2006 that they didn't have to come out on the field and basically put their hand on the heart. They could have actually. Oh, stayed. I don't. I don't remember. I think well, oh, they was, this, was it after the, it was the after Chiefs it, player who was Islamic who would go in? Because uh, that seemer on 2005. Was it where, 2005. He would do. So, I don't. It know, was after that. He was would go that. and do something. People got uncomfortable and stuff like that. He was doing like yes. Uh, he was uh, holding uh, his hands yeah, up, kind of like, like yeah. praying. But the the thing about it is like. If the government paid it, and then mm-hmm. it's like government speech, and you're basically propagating like government speech, then at that point, you know, he has a right, his due process rights, basically, that they can't limit that speech. Mm-hmm. But when it's a private company, or if it's a private individual, do we basically limit the same speech as long as they're not trying to incite a fire or a riot or something like that? Um, but isn't the NFL's a nonprofit? Well, what I found out later is that somehow the government was paying the the I guess the teams basically to come out there the co- the collusive, the collusive element of it. Ah. yeah so because of that I think that is, if it was nonprofit and purely mm-hmm. nonprofit and they have nothing to do with the government they basically can let him go because it's like an employment at will yeah because they can be like we don't like what you're doing yeah then because we don't like what you're doing you're gonna have to go yeah. but because they're taking in government funds to get yeah, out there there's that military like it's the flyovers the soldiers coming you gotta out, realize having, what was going on in 2005 yeah. and 2006 and stuff huh. we had like Afghanistan going yeah. on we had Iraq still kind of going on and stuff so they wanted the morale booster. booster yeah for the um, patriotism yeah so if the government money is associated with that then it's not just private speech mm-hmm. at that point. You know, this is government-type speech, and you can't basically limit somebody's uh, constitutional rights of government speech. As opposed to a business owner, mm-hmm. more likely than not, they're not going to get, like, any money, per se, from the government and stuff yeah. or whatnot. So because they're not going to get any money for the government, do you have to force a business basically to sit somebody there. I disagree with it. Mm. And what they'll say African-Americans, they kind of did that with African-Americans when they did it through the Commerce Clause mm-hmm. and stuff. So Explain the Commerce Clause. The Commerce Clause is basically where we have like interaction between different states and stuff where we're sending like uh, commerce, like it could be cars, it could be groceries, it could be food, perishables, mm-hmm. and just different things and stuff. And because they're sending perishables, you know, if it's a, a food place, mm-hmm. they're saying that the government can regulate whatever speech is kind of in there oh, in the sense wow. because of that. And how they got it through, it was um, uh, Clayton Powell. Mm-hmm. Clayton actually got him, got everything through and they said, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it through the Commerce Clause and stuff. So because of that, they're using like the interstates and stuff and saying the government controls the interstates. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because they control the interstates, they can control like the local business, you know, in a, in a weird type of way. And that's in a how, weird way. That's yeah. Well, that's, that's how they got African Americans to be able to eat at certain yeah. establishments using the Commerce Clause. Wow. And stuff. Well, and, and and that's one thing that I will say again. Not to go back to my little catchphrase about like in in a perfect world, I would espouse the belief that it will work itself out by uh pub, through through public, public yeah, yeah the the what is it the court of public opinion yeah that yeah. people in a certain area will do the right thing if something crosses a line and not patronize that business. I would like to believe that. But, you know, we always talk about America 
ideally being a democracy. Right. Well, then if you look behind the scenes, really America is either a Jeffersonian democracy or a republic. Yep. And the republic, the job of the republic is to prevent majority rule from subjugating minority right. uh, utility and autonomy. Right. So I worry about these these communities that are already kind of teetering on the edge of subjugation and yeah. uh, they could, you know, if, if you open a door for them to legally, you know, exercise that right to serve who they want to, when they want to, and under what terms, then you... Uh, down the road, and, and I could be wrong. You know, I'm, I might be looking at this in terms of a logical fallacy, the slippery slope. But down the road, you're potentially opening the door for exclusionary communities to pop up. Not that they don't already exist. Yeah, I, don't, and I don't agree exist. with that. I definitely right, don't agree right. with that. And, and, and I think that that's a very possible thing yeah. that we could end up... Because what ends up happening is that we introduce legislation. Yeah. The, the, the legislation has a net positive effect. Then as time progresses, the social landscape evolves. That that same piece of legislation becomes outdated and you have to implement something else on top of it yep. in order to adapt to the new social climate. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that um, it's it's going to ruin everything and it's going uh, to stay that way, but I do feel like that that's one avenue that it could potentially open up for huge pieces of shit to establish themselves in communities. So, like in South Africa, for example, mm -hmm. I, I, if I... If I'm not mistaken, South Africa, um, post-apartheid, you had that very thing. You have these exclusionary white communities. And they're poor. Well, they, they're, they, they're poor they are. now. They are. And they're, they're trying to get the land back. They're trying yeah, to get the land trying back. To get, yeah, I forget yeah. the guy's name, but he's trying to get the land back. Oh, yeah. And they, they do all kinds of wild shit. There's this uh, show called Dark Tourism. Okay. Have y'all seen this? I haven't. Check it out. The guy that's the uh, host of it is kind of, eh. But dark tourism is cool because it's all this like behind the scenes shit that these dudes are going and checking out stuff in like Cambodia where you could go and pay five hundred dollars and shoot livestock with full automatic like wild stuff. Like yeah. he doesn't do it, mm -hmm. but he he goes to these places. So he goes to South Africa and finds one of these communities in South Africa post apartheid. And these people, since he's a white dude, they're all you know the chipper and mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. And yeah. he tries to kind of broach. The issue, like, you know, I notice that this is kind of a homogenous community. Nobody will even talk about it. They won't uh -huh. acknowledge it. And, I, you know, unless you're part of that culture, yeah. you don't know if they're just absolutely everybody's in consensus. They're like, well, shit, we're not going to talk to no outsiders about this kind of thing. Yeah. But it, they're everywhere. And yeah. South Africa, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I guess you could say about the United States. I bet there's other countries that are like, damn, that's one of the most racist places on the planet. Here's the thing with when we talk about like restaurants and yeah. and the, the fear that you have of of having some sort of uh, uh, lack of legislation there and which would and to please correct me if I'm wrong you were saying this could potentially lead to like communities where it's more exclusionary right yeah so, well, or leading it, to restaurants where that kind of happens right like I, it, it, for example if there's already stuff going on like gentrification yes. that occurs within a an environment where there is legislation yes. in place. Imagine if you have that type of those types of phenomena occurring without any legislation in place. So I think that in the age of the internet, I think that if if there was if people were hands off and let these restaurants who feel this way about gay people, about black people, about other things, if they went through and sure. truly operated like that, 
I think the internet would 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 blast them, would, would blast, blast them, dude. But, but and that's like, what I want. Uh, to I, agree, I agree with both of you guys. Though. And that's the thing is, because it's not all. It's not all one. Yeah, or the sure, other. sure. But yeah. like, I I just took my little pilgrimage mm-hmm. down to coastal Mississippi, like yeah. right outside of Biloxi. This is like yeah. Gulf of Mississippi, and I passed through community after community after community. That I'm guarantee you don't give a fuck what the internet has to say. Well, Here's the I'll, thing: I'll like, what's their population? Like, yeah. there's so many factors in there where it's like they may not be doing too much, but it's it's the places that in my I'm doing my air quotes the places that matter. Where if you're if you're up to some silly shit like that, boy, everyone knows Yelp is where people go to snitch. Yeah, that's you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like, you've seen restaurants get just they get bad reviews, yeah. and like when you start people. People having someone will come in there into your restaurant with a video camera, just having this shit live streaming, waiting for your your business to get canceled right there. I think that if if more of that stuff happened, that'll get people well, to change. I'd be cool with that if we didn't have something that rested on a system that rested on the ideals associated with an electoral college, man. Like okay. where you yeah. essentially you are protecting. When you get rid of it, the, yeah, you you're protecting. A landmass, a distribution of individuals, yeah. different cultures, I guess the state's autonomy to some passive degree as well, yeah. Yeah. preventing them from being run by highly populated areas. But if you if you really look at it in uh, objective terms, a lot of the legislation that's centered around ethics, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have any kind of bearing upon your day-to-day functionality aside from just... Basic human decency towards another individual. Yeah. Um, if it, it's just really hard for me to wrap my head around a uh, a, a system where we do not have uh, we do not have that accountability on a uh, a larger scale. That it's only the individuals within the community because a lot of times. I mean, pieces of shit can get together That's and true. flock and spread and sure. ideas get normalized and spread and get bigger. And and then you end up with clusters. Clusters become even larger groups of individuals. Yep. Things become normalized. But again, I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit muddled here. But the thing is, basically, you have, you have a, a, a system where we are protecting people in these rural environments from legislation that impacts people in more more highly populated areas, these people in these highly populated areas have to play nice with each other. Yeah. You're living closer proximity to each other. If you look at crime rates and things like that, you could say, uh, well, it's, it's dangerous in this area. But if you look at crime rates and then you intercede, you put the variable of uh, population density in there. Yeah. A lot of times that, that crime ba- rate... It'll did, balance out. Yeah, it balances yeah, yeah. out. So... What is your and and I, you already said, but what is your opinion of abolishing the uh, the electoral college? We Me, should, I say get rid of it. I agree. Yeah, because I absolutely say get rid of that it. That was set up basically primarily for slavery. If you look at it and stuff, whatnot. If we're starting to go like majority rules, basically we'll have a true democracy. And you mentioned Chris, basically how we're almost like a republic mm-hmm. in a way, and it sets it up like a republic. Uh, Bush would have never became president, I think, if we would have had it. And we know that, you know, the current occupant, Trump, wouldn't actually be president if we had, if He's we abolished it. by several million, was it? Three, I thought he got his ass I thought he got, like, yeah. Well, I thought he lost. Million. Yeah. It was six million. Yeah. But he lost and stuff. But going back to, like, your thing, I know Trump just tweeted something out. We was looking at it today about, like, if someone's gay, they can lose their job. 
I definitely disagree with that. They can fire him just because of that. Mm-hmm. And right now they can. And it goes back to what I was telling you. So that's one of the reasons why I like that fairness ordinance and some of the things that needs to be passed. It needs to be passed like it can give someone greater, uh, not rights, but it's not greater rights, but almost equal access. Yeah. Sure. So like okay. the same thing that some well, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So because, it made me think it was like maybe I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I'm not gay, right? Yeah. And I, I may be black, but like they could let you go to Kalu. This yeah. is the problem. If they let you go today, and you knew that they let you go because you're African American or because you have African yeah. ancestry, at that point, guess what's going to happen? Come talk to me. Yeah. And then we're going to basically have like a Title Seven case for employment. And yeah. I'm going to try to get you paid. Yeah. Hey. So, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Someone who's basically gay, they can't do that. Uh, right now, it's basically after that, you know, they're fired. It kind of it is what it is. Because no employer will ever say, well, like, check- I fired you because you're gay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That makes and, well, sense. check this out. What, what about the Hobby Lobby situation where they're wanting to not afford female employees birth control oh, wow. as part of their wow. ethos that's associated with their religious background? That is, that's targeting women. Women, yeah. 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 And that's honestly birth control. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I, I I wouldn't think that birth control should even be a a, a hot topic at this point. A hot in, in 2019. Now, yeah. abortion. Yeah, yeah. If Hobby Lobby was like, we're not. Is Hobby Lobby started by a church or something? It, I knew. Yeah, it's, I it's, it's a religious. religious. Yeah, it's a Christian okay. Christian based. So they'll stand on that then. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. But 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 I think that didn't they end up having to give women uh, their female employees I would imagine because there's like a federal man that's like part of like all the insurance but, things, but I, and, that, I, and that's I, the thing is it's it's a um, in my opinion when you have a population or a culture that centers around anti-intellectualism yep. resting purely upon and, and not to denigrate religious beliefs but resting a whole lot regarding public policy on religious beliefs and imbuing religious beliefs. They're trying to bring that shit back more and more into the population and uh, keeping birth rates up. Yeah. Bruh. Mm. It's all part of the process. It's lot cattle. It's Mm. people being treated like damn lot cattle. Mm. And again, I I think an untethered system where if if people were going to do the right thing, then that's cool. But what ends up happening is you have horrible people and then the people in their peripherally peripheral periphery normalize a lot of the things they're doing. Then yeah, the people in yeah. their periphery for, further normalize them and so on and so forth. Mm. And then you have individuals that get by with pretty much anything within a certain municipality yep. because they have a name and they have clout or the, their family has owned land there for several generations and stuff. Did you think that you had, with that very notion, did you think that you had a chance run when you ran for when you ran for office? Honestly, I don't know because I was like, you know, the last person that ran that, that looked like me was Denny, you know, and he has been winning and stuff or not. But yeah, go on. But I'll, <laughs> sorry, I'll tell you this. For anyone I, knows I rolled I, my eyes. Oh, smug ass. <laughs> I, I think if I had more time, yeah, and I could have basically built up a team like I should have, because mm-hmm. I only had two and a half months. A lot of people don't realize that I ran within two and a half months. Yeah, and some of the other candidates, they either knew that they was running like in December of the following year, November, or they got in in January. I did everything that I was supposed to do in two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Give me a little bit more time, I think it possibly could have been a change and stuff. And I and I should have went and spoken. I I, I look back hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm like, man, I should have 
hit this, I should have hit that and stuff. Instead of spending six hours, I should have spent eight hours. But because I was tired after yeah. six hours and walking and stuff, I'm like, no, yeah. but I should have basically been like, I'm going to do it eight hours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that the past general election has, is going to have, it's going to completely change how all elections are going to be done. You think so? I think, or I, not the elections campaigning. I think that he still campaign. This motherfucker never stopped campaigning. Yeah. Nothing ever happened like this before. Yeah, ever. Yeah. This is some Kim Jong Un <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think that it's it's gonna change. I think it's gonna change a lot. And I I hope maybe maybe Bowling Green is different, but I hope that the way that things have kind of panned out. I hope to see more people running for these offices. I agree. And I hope to see more people like saying. All right, we've had enough of that name, you know, because what I see happening right now is that some of these guys have just been, uh, they've just been complacent. They've been like, oh, I won before. In this case, I'm the black guy. Oh, yeah, I already got the vote. I'm good. I'm, and I'm you know what's shit. very telling to me? I f- the active bid to denigrate the younger generation coming up. Yes. Yeah. I think that's very telling to sure. me. I think a system that is actively and very transparently lobbying against an entire end. Generation of individuals yeah. Yeah. sees them as a threat policy wise. Yes. Yeah. So what we need to do is get more folks from yes. that generation in there because he, if yes. the status quo is shitting a brick about them, there's a reason why. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Even though you're you're the, you're black candidate and Denning yeah. is black candidate. Well, I don't want a, to be seen as the black candidate, though, man. That's the. Thing. I just want to be seen as a candidate. Yeah, you know? but I think that it's it's, but I think it's good to also have that. Yeah, I agree. Because. We still want someone to look up to. Yeah, yeah. And we still want to know that, hey, there's someone that looks like me, that calls it out like me, Yeah. and he is in this office here. Again, because I do think that city commissioners are more important than presidents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, And being beholden to an entire culture of individuals yes. is, I think, a great thing it's in a, a lot of ways. Thing. When you get elected to a certain office and you have cultural elements, intersectionalities that are associated with you, you are automatically held accountable on that basis. If you get elected and then you throw the black community under the bus, you're going to know about it. And then also, too, again, because, Joe, like, you have more clout with young black folks than Joe does. Like, I'll say it. Like, I I 100% believe that. Like, you you can approach people. You use social media. You do yeah, all this other yeah, stuff. You, yeah. You're out there. You can have a conversation like this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, there's there's the older community where it's like, oh, now it, it's they may they may be more loyal to to one person or something like that. But I think that there is an entire generation that's waiting for someone. Well, and They're you're, waiting and for you're someone. Part of I'll tell you one of the reasons why I I, I I ran is because I come from like. You know, the disenfranchised uh, area. And I wanted to make sure. And I had a lot of friends who sold drugs. I yeah. did. And I saw how some of them turned out. And I saw how I didn't want to turn out and stuff. Mm-hmm. When I, and I could have easily sold drugs. It was presented to me sure. when I was 18, 17, 18 years old. And I was like, I'll maybe the guy that gets caught. And I'm like, man, I'm too pretty. I ain't going to jail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's so like, this light skin, man. Like, <laughs> I, ain't going, I ain't going to jail. Yeah. Going to jail. <laughs> I ain't going to jail for nobody. So uh, <laughs> what ended up happening is like, I was like, I'm going to find like education. Even though my mother was a single mo- mother, 
she always pushed like education. Yeah. So I saw like friends they would have like new cars and yeah. I'm sitting there I'm going to college and yeah. I got messed up shoes on. Yeah. Like old pants on mm-hmm. and stuff and whatnot. But I'm like, I'm gonna get my education. I'm gonna get yeah. my education. I'm gonna get my education. And in time, I'm gonna get everything that you got. Yeah. And I don't have to apologize yeah. or look over my shoulder for anything. So I did that because I wanted to show like people who come from the Parker Bennett area that there's other ways. Yeah. There's other ways that we can get out and basically we can be contributing to our our area and stuff mm-hmm. and whatnot. So that's one of the reasons. But going back to like, and I apologize, this is kind no, of transition to something fine. that you said earlier. And I listened to like Bryce and stuff. So mm-hmm. Tulis, I have a cousin who's a Tulis as well. Okay. So last First week, black mayor, right? That, no, that no, not him. I, I, it's another guy. He may, I'm definitely sure he's, well, he's kin to him. Yeah. But I was a public okay. defender. And when I went to Tompkinsville, one of the the worst and how oh, you talking RNS? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're talking about them Tulis. Like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. But it's a part of like they're they're related to, to the yeah. Tulis. Well, we, we might need a holiday. We probably got yeah, like the same family members, go back bro. A couple back generations back. Yeah, well, I, I'm kin to Calvin and Cato. Mm, I see. I don't know. All I know is through my brother. He's a family historian. He, got you. And he got all the recipes and shit. So. <laughs> well, man, we probably can. I'm telling you, brother, because the Tulis there are kind of light skin, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's kind of racially ambiguous, like just some Indian and some other shit in there, too. Yeah. Well, so I'm there, and I'm a public defender, and there was this this individual was a new judge at the time. It's almost 10 years back, and it was just this African-American guy just passing on the sidewalk. So you know because it's a public way people can go back and forth. So that judge basically told that African-American guy that if you come back through here, basically you're going to get arrested. The guy was like, I'm sorry, but, you know, this is my way getting to work and stuff, and I have to come through here this entire time. So come back, fast forward like another month or so, he did it again. And he said, that's the closest way that I can get, like, to work. That judge, and it was like a DJJ worker that was actually sitting next to me, and was like, Carlos, are you going to do anything? And I'm like, I don't want to do anything because I'm about to, uh, it, number one, the individual's not my client. Number two is basically... Uh, I think that I'll be shooting myself in the foot. But I did go back and tell like my supervisor at the time like what happened because nobody should ever went to jail, you know, just basically mm. going back and forth trying to get to mm-hmm. work and stuff whatnot. That story stuck with me even to this day. Uh, so when you guys were like, it's a little bit better, from 10 years ago what I saw, there were certain things that occurred, you know, that I didn't like even being in Tompkinsville. Matter of fact, my supervisor, when I was in Barron County, he was basically saying that um, I don't know if I'm going to keep sending you. I'm going to send somebody else, you know, and basically you won't do that area. You go to Hart County and stuff because it, he said it would be a little bit better that's there. And even another public defender was like, it's problems if you keep sending Carlos and stuff. So wow. there was stuff that went around in Tompkinsville that just wasn't right. And here I so, am thinking that Tompkinsville is like a really friendly place because after it was ten years ago though, I'll tell you oh, that. Okay. And, it was and, 10 years and, ago. and again, look, we we also understand that there's two sides to it. There's that that front face side yeah, to it, sure. like and they and, could be dropping n bombs with hard R's. Oh on yeah, the yeah. And, we, and we did an entire episode on like tokenism and novelty yeah. status, yeah. like. You could essentially they could that could be the only black family or brown family yep. that they know, and they give them a pass, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Well, generally, I don't like black folks, but yeah. you know, they're all right. I know because of the food, so and so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. so I, I want to. I got two more questions for you. Uh, have you? Do you find yourself in a position being a 
black lawyer or, or even just a black politician where you have to you're constantly disarming people we we use this term in our last episode where for me if i walk into a business or anywhere they see a big ass black dude and i'm just yeah. and i have to talk like this yeah. and i have to be like yeah. hey man hey man different strokes for different hey, folks yeah, yeah. like yeah, do you yeah, find man. yourself having to do that a lot Sometimes I try to be myself, but then, yeah, I think that the way that I talk to my friends and the way that I talk at home is definitely a different way so than I talk. Code switching. Yeah. yeah, man. And then is it harder? Like, like, is it more taxing on you, again, being a lawyer and being someone in politics? I try to make sure that someone that looks like me, their voice is heard, regardless of anything. Going back to like what I was saying, even if your voice shakes, make sure it's heard and stuff yeah. whatnot. So if I see something that's unfair, even going back to that mm-hmm. that individual, I may not necessarily say it right then and there. I was a new lawyer too at the mm-hmm. time, but I'll go back and make sure that somebody else that is a supervisor knows what's going on because I felt like that it was done wrong and stuff. Mm-hmm. Today I would have handled it totally different. I probably would have called like the judicial yeah uh, place and probably complained. To, that's know, taken years though of, to learn, of, man. His yeah. experience. But, you know, even going back to, like, code switching, I was riding uh, Marty Deputies. This is another story. I got two st- I got a lot sure, of stories. Sure, sure. So I was riding in Marty Deputies. She used to – she passed away, but I, I do immigration work, too. You guys about to go? No, 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 no. I was bringing up some info. Yeah. I was about to say something. No, like no, 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 no. Oh, God. You hear the music? No. It sounded like we was playing y'all. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. No, 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 not at all. So, uh, so – I'm riding in her, her car, and like I told you, I got like a tattoo that's coming right here. Yeah. But I got a polo on. I have like yeah. some Nike shorts on, and I had like maybe some golf-type shoes on and stuff. So I'm driving her car. Marty, if you don't know her, she her brother owned like uh, uh, Beach Bend, owned like Camping World, uh-huh. owned a lot of stuff before Garvin? she passed. Yeah, Garvin was okay. her brother. David Garvin yeah. was her brother. So there was like one of the rich families here in yeah. Maryland. So we're in uh, Boone County because we had like a client that was locked up. Now I'm five seven and a half. The mm-hmm. guy is like four foot eleven, five foot tall. Yeah. So I'm coming in there, and it freaks us out. Just so you know, yeah. For us to be this height, when we see we somebody, we claim it, man. Look, when we you claim see somebody, it. They're like, this claim isn't it. normal, bro. Like, yeah. you're supposed to be taller than me. Yeah, we claim that stuff, man. You can't take it away from me. <laughs> so, well, I'm going in there and I ask for like this client. This guy was—he was a sheriff's deputy. He came and he followed me and stuff. And I talked about this on one time years ago on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he basically called me by my client's name. He said, "You know, put your hands behind your back." But I had oh to go pick God. up at him, man. And I basically said, "Sir, you didn't ask me my name or anything." And I—and he basically said, "You're this individual." And I was like, "No." So the clerk is running. He says, "If you don't, I'm gonna throw you to the ground." Yeah. And I said, "You better go get your supervisor right now." Yeah. Because there's about to be something that's gonna go down. You're about to lose your so job. Yeah. The clerk is running. Said, "No, no, no, no. He's an attorney. He's an attorney." Mind you, this same guy when we was outside saw me get out of like a brand new Mercedes. Oh my God. So He's just big man. The yeah. guy, my client, is almost seven inches shorter than I am. Oh my God. So come on, man. He's like 4'11, 5'3. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm only going back to like, you can't take my, my height. <laughs> you can't take it away from me. So, uh, at that time, I'm like, all right, I was in the game for a little bit. I did talk to a supervisor mm. and I complained. And I basically said, I'm going to make sure that there's a record. Because just because you heard me and you saw me get out of that, you knew instead of asking like so many questions. And one of the reasons why I was getting this file because he was locked away in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I was getting this file because he had a failure to appear. So he had a failure to appear there because he was locked away. So I was trying to get rid of this failure to appear. Yeah. 
So he basically thought I was Hispanic, and he was talking about he was going to arrest me. He was going to throw me down to the ground and everything else. Oh, my God. Without even checking who I was. I even asking me what my name was. Yeah. Period. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so, dude, if I was a – listen, I have bad enough ego problems. Having a JD is probably the worst thing that could ever happen to me because – Dangerous, man. If some shit like – like, listen, if I walked in there, I'd be like – Yo, motherfucker! I'm a lawyer here. <laughs> like yeah, everyone's gonna know. Would. If you, yeah, I absolutely would. would. Yeah. I'm like I, here. I'm just. I'm confident enough that I can own it. Yeah, and if 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 someone did something like that for me, to like what he did to you, yeah, I'd still be fighting right now to like ruin his entire life. <laughs> oh well, well, he absolutely would. There, yeah, there's other stuff that happened because I had a buddy who was actually a prosecutor. That yeah, because I went to law school up there in that yeah. area. So I. I knew what to do. Oh, my God. So, I don't know exactly everything that happened to him, but I know that for at least a week or something, he wasn't yeah. on that force and stuff. I don't know what has happened yeah. now. Oh, I, I so, know what happened. So, I know what he was doing right now because yeah. I make sure he's... I'd be like, I want to make sure he's making $4 an hour less than everyone that he works with. I want to make sure he has He's making hardest, minimum wage. He's making point. less than minimum wage. Welcome to McDonald's. Listen, oh, my God. That would... Yeah. I couldn't imagine having to go through that. And, and also... You know, just going on the whole disarming part yeah. that you're having a coach, which when you're walking into that house and you're telling them that you're running for office or something yeah. like that, and they see you at first and they're already just like, no, Daquan, I don't want magazines. I know you've been addicted to drugs before and you're trying to turn your life around and this is what you're trying to do. I mean, like, we've yeah. had people, it's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Daquan. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. You got like, candy. You got, you know, <laughs> just like, yeah. people kind of, they, they think that whole thing and it's just got to be so so taxing and so tiring to have to go and do that every single time. I, some, day, some days I get tired of it, Yeah. but like I could not imagine having to do that the entire time. And then also wondering, do they really think, do they think I'm full of shit? Do they think yeah, that this yeah. is going on? Well, you know, and it, and it goes, it lets it makes me think of just the thing that Dr. Die said. And, and we even wrote a blog post about it that you, people aren't responsible for their first thought. Yeah. You know, they're, you're you're responsible for your second, second and your third yeah. yep. and the actions that follow after. And I, I just want to say I commend you for taking those extra steps to get people to uncover that second thought. Yeah. Because when they Kalu first would see, be petty I'd it. be petty. Oh, I'd be petty LaBelle if I was like... <laughs> I mean, uh, Kalu, I had, to, I had to check myself, you know, because I, I if I wanted to, I could have been, like, very angry. But then I think about, like... What does this do to, for my family? You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I'll tell you this, and I, going back to like the Title Seven cases, mm-hmm. being having the cold switch and stuff yeah. whatnot, what I hear in all those cases a lot, it, it'd be like for African-Americans, Hispanic, you know, Americans are Hispanics in general. Sometimes our voice is a little bit deeper. Mm. So because louder, of that, louder, yeah, rattles people. Yeah. So what they'll do is that they'll take their passion oh, or being, yeah. you know, upset about something and saying that they're angry and stuff like yeah. And be like, I'm not angry. It's the way that I talk yeah. and stuff. So even for myself, sometimes I'll be like, I got to lower my tone mm. in court just so you don't think that I'm being angry at you. Dr. Yeah. Guy said that same thing. So, yeah. so it's you're, the truth, so you, man. It's the very they, truth. They want you, but they don't want all of you. Exactly. You're, you're a very different creature when you step in the oh, fucking man. courtroom. I mean, it's, you know how it is. Yeah, it's very regimented. You're... I'm here. Your honor. I mean, it's it's everything that you see on TV a yeah. lot of times. Mm. I mean, it'll stop. Somebody will go 
whisper in somebody else's ear. Yep. Hand yep. a piece of paper. Yep. Hand the judge something. We'll sit there for a minute. We'll start back up. I mean, yeah. it's it's an entirely different environment unto itself. So it's like you being the individual you are in your professional capacity and him being the individual that he is in his professional capacity, you can't even fathom it, bro. Like, because I, yeah. I see it secondhand. Because, yeah. I mean, I... They would just be like, well, maybe he's Italian or Spanish mm-hmm. or some shit like that. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can go anywhere and take on about anything and be okay. Yeah. But it, it's not like it for a lot of people that are working in a criminal justice system, that are working in a, a social work. Social work is full of people of color, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and they don't really get taken as seriously as their white counterparts. And it's unfortunate. But Yeah, I think that you got to uh, fight twice as hard. You got to be twice as good. You can't be mediocre. You got to be twice as good as the next cat or kind of like... Or do a job nobody else wants to do. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I started doing immigration law and stuff. Because no like, one man, wanted to touch it? There's not too many people that's here, yeah. that's here that's doing it, but how that I started doing it, Judy came into court probably back in 2011, 2012, Judy Schwank, and she thought I was Hispanic. And she started uh-huh. speaking Spanish to me and all that. It's like, uh, yeah. So she was like, let me teach you immigration law. And I'm like, I'll do it. Because at the time, there wasn't hardly any other attorneys yeah. here that was doing it. Since then, there have been like a couple of people that will uh, prop up and stuff. And Stanford, who's a friend of mine, he comes from Louisville and he comes back and forth and he does like immigration law and stuff. Hmm. So, golly. All right. So, my, we, my final question, and, and we've, and it doesn't even feel like we've gone this long. That's why I, like I didn't realize it's been over two. Huh? Damn. See, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even realize. Um, yeah, but what is, what is? Black I told you, it just careens. Yeah, control, we, we yeah. Bro. Like it just but it's a good at, of, at a certain point. Like you're yeah. like, I don't know, what are we gonna talk about? And yeah. then it just happens. It's done. Yeah. yeah. Um, what does Black History Month mean to you? To me, it's basically talking about like the history that we don't know. It's more than just like slavery. And I do agree that it needs to be 365 days. A year, but I know why they took Black History Month because it was Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and I think uh, really yeah, that's why. Yeah, man. But it's much more than that. Initially, it started off as a week. It was like Negro Week back in the day, and then they just kept expanding. It wasn't just Abraham Lincoln. I think it was uh, um, who who's uh, he's doing many good things and stuff. It's not Booker T. Washington. It's uh, was it Booker T. Washington? I mean, Booker T. is pretty big in the community. It, it's. Uh, yeah. I think Booker T. Washington's birthday might be in February. Okay. I, I got to look it up, but I think it might be in February. Okay. But because of Lincoln and Booker T. Washington, I think Booker T. Washington. Mm-hmm. Could be know, someone else. It yeah. could be someone else. It's one of the reasons why we celebrate it in February. So it was, even though it's like the shortest month, it's one of the reasons. Is it Booker? No, he's April. Is April? Who's the next person? Brandon's not going to try it's, and Yeah, he's going to be like, I'll tell you're you what, try again. It's not Booker <laughs> T. Washington. It's, uh, who's the guy? Frederick Douglass. Yeah. Frederick Douglass. Okay. I apologize. Frederick, it's Frederick Douglass. Douglass. He's February. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of them, it's one of the reasons why we celebrate it. But we, am I right? Yeah. Gotcha, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we should learn something new because there's so many inventors. There's so many, like, mm-hmm. people that's done things. You know, even, like, hidden figures. One of the things I showed my daughters was about, like, there was computers. Just think, imagine they were calling African-American women computers back in the 50s and the 60s, mm-hmm. which is like one of the smartest machines that you can actually yes. have. They were sitting there twerking. They, they were pivotal in the, in the space program. Yeah, well, Apollo 13 
some of the, the formulas that they created mm-hmm. actually helped out Apollo 13 get back to Earth. That's crazy. So a lot of those things we didn't learn that mm-hmm. because all we learned is like Martin Luther King, yeah. you know, Rosa Parks. Yeah. We didn't learn our slavery. But also the history. And you saw the meme that I, that I yeah. sent you that the history books... Are just they're just white people highlight reels. It's like look at all the shit we did. Yeah, like, but, you know, even like going back to like even white male, white people, <laughs> yeah, white male highlight reels. Yeah, white people and African Americans were the first indentured servitudes. They worked together. Yeah, it was wasn't until like that divide in the 1600s they were basically saying you'll be an overseer. Mm-hmm. So who these two? They used to be friends. Now you created a a manufactured. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that you're better than this group and stuff, even though that they had the same exact problems, and that continues to this very yes. day. Yeah, well, so, and a lot of it's relate, have... related to skin tone and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, there's a litany of things that are holdovers from it. Slavery was just recently, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and that's the thing. Everything was just recent, man. Yeah, everything was just recent. You know, and everybody wants to just be like, I didn't have nothing to do with that. Well, Chris, yeah. I, I, I put some on like Facebook. Uh, one day, and I was talking about slavery, and I was saying, because uh, I was trying to ask something every day, and I was like, it's hard to imagine that my grandfather's grandfather was a slave. Mm-hmm. That's how recent it was. Yeah. You know, to put it in perspective, my grandfather's grandfather was a slave. So he had to hear all those stories that he went through, you know, and then he went through like the Jim Crow era and, you know, the black codes and all those different things and stuff. So he witnessed all those things, but he had to witness. You know, from the Reconstruction era, his grandfather, to like basically losing rights again after Plessy versus Ferguson and stuff, to basically going through like the Klan, the birth of the nation. You know, looking at those movies and stuff, and you had the 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 uh, I guess the Klan rose during that time and a lot of lynchings that occurred. And I was gonna say, I just recently saw. Um, uh, let's see, uh, what was it? It was oh, top ten states post. Emancipation mm-hmm. that the highest had the highest incidence of lynchings of black people. Yeah, Kentucky's one of them. Kentucky was number ten or really? or just outside of number ten. Yeah, I think with uh, there being some two hundred and that's two hundred and something lynchings, and mm-hmm. of those, one hundred and forty two were black people. Oh wow! 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 Wow. Yeah. And that's, again, that's post-emancipation. And that was, and that's, they. I, I think they just, Kentucky just maybe got edged out of the top ten, was an honorable mention, air quotes up mm-hmm. in this. But yeah. Man, oh yeah. man, they accumulate. It's Kentucky has got, new. yeah, Kentucky. It's not that far. A lot yeah. of people, Dude, they say it's a long time ago, yeah. but how long ago, our, our parents were still mm-hmm. alive when, you know, before they had yeah. like the civil rights and stuff. Think well, about that. And and in this article, it was talking about how <coughs> uh, attorneys at the time were trying to appeal to the president of the United States, saying well, that Kentucky was essentially it was a violent battleground for these folks because unabated violence was running rampant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. black folks were getting lynched and much more disproportionate numbers than across the United States. Sure. And we don't really think about that in Kentucky as mm-hmm. much. We like to point at other states and be like, well, at least it's not yeah. as racist as this state yeah. or, or as racist as that state. Yeah. Well, Bouldering used to be called Little Chicago, man. They used to have like a lot of murders here back in the day. Hmm. And the mafia used to come here quite a bit yeah. years ago and stuff and whatnot. 
So wow. those stuff is not that long ago, yeah. even though if you want to put it in perspective, our parents probably experienced some of the things or live through some of those experiences. And even though a lot of people say it's a long time ago, the older I get, the more I learn that long time ago is not really that long ago. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. You so, know, it, this what all we're all that we're saying it really further reinforces that notion that I made. I think it was when we had Shep on for the second time, where, where I said that change happens one funeral at a time, yeah. and like it's all still very new yeah. right now. And you know, as we talk about, you know, earlier in this episode, we were talking about uh, like life insurance and all that kind yep. of stuff. I think because it's all very fresh, the change is going to happen, but. One way it's going to come is through these these policies, people cashing up on these life insurance policies. Yep, yep. It's going to be um, pe- more people either going to college or something like that or realizing these other skills that you may not need a college degree for because there are a lot of people that are that are they their intent is to have some kind of a great experience in school, but then they end up saddled with debt and they're, yeah, they're yeah. even in worse shape than their parents because, and, and this further adds to the, the, the problems that they were, you know, that they were, uh, that we're trying to fight. So I think that over time, the change will come. I don't know if we'll be alive for it, but because we've all sort of agreed on the fact that it's all still very fresh, like all we can do right now is kind of, Make sure that we're not part of the problem, yeah. and then also be able to openly talk about it. But it will come; the change will come. You want to know something, just real quick, then, mm-hmm. I, and I could be wrong, but um, it it whenever we have, and it comes off of your idea that we don't have a big war or big cause yes. right now. Yes, yeah. um, there's nothing to put things into perspective. Yeah. Right now. Race relations, at least the illusion of race relations post 9-11 between white and black folks in the United States seem to be at a at a peak because it's it's fluctuated yeah. like yeah. at that time. Naturally as, as long as you're not Muslim, Muslim that's right. what it was. When there's yeah. a new boogeyman. Yes. When there's a new boogeyman, there's right. always a new yeah. threat. Yeah. That, right. That's see and, what I was telling him or what I said before in other episodes was that like one of the things that you know, or my idea that people think that like this generation's a bunch of pussies or whatever. Yeah, no. Like it, it's, I say that, and it's something even Gary v, Gary Vaynerchuk says is that there isn't, there hasn't been some major war or some big existential threat to the American culture. Now, thank you for clarifying on that episode where it's like, yes, it's going on around the world, yeah. but like in the American culture, there isn't some big war. We aren't getting thrown to a draft where. We're having to put certain things aside, but because there's not any... Well, you want your cattle to feel safe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because there isn't some, like, massive thing going on, we're worrying about the Kardashians. We're worrying about all these other surface-level threats, all these other surface-level boogeymen that... um, that First-world problems. First-world problems. problems. That's what it is, and that's what is really making things different. But the thing that does separate uh, the generation now from even ours... And and in of course the ours before is the internet. I think the internet is the great. Yeah. Um, it's the glue that brings everything together. Also, it is the echo chain. It is the. Yeah. It does create those echo chambers, but at least it's there for people to learn that there are other sides. There are other things Agreed. that they can yeah. learn about, and maybe the change. I'm I'm even comfortable saying that the change might happen while we're alive because the internet is so huge. And because there's kids making millions of dollars off of slime, 
you know, there's young black entrepreneurs that are like 18 years old. They're like, yeah. tw- they're doing little things, but it's because of the internet that has helped them out. And these, these, you know, young or even our generation, a lot of the billionaires and the millionaires yeah. that are that are non-white, yeah. they're also realizing, hey, let's try and do our parts. Where I think of LeBron James, and I think yeah. of yeah. people like that that are going out there actively in the community just to start these things up. I think that it may actually come a lot faster. Than we think. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, Did, were you about to say something? I heard you no, in ale. No. I thought you were going to talk. Was, he was going to kiss any, you on any your neck. Any corrections, man? Yeah. yeah. I was going to He said, any more corrections? Yeah. No, no, no. I'll tell you. I got some back for Yeah. It's like, no, I appreciate it, man. I knew it was somebody. <laughs> well, I knew it was somebody. I just didn't know who it was. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Booker T. Washington, you know, or Frederick Douglass. I get him. But I will say that the information age, the internet, all that kind of stuff, it it has empowered everybody. It's the great equalizer in yep. a lot of ways. Uh, but in other ways, it has enormously, as an overreaching phenomenon, caused people to lose touch with their roots. Yeah. And, if your yeah. roots yeah. and if your roots were already loosely settled, mm-hmm. yeah. like if the African-American community had been stripped of their identity yes. and were and currently in a state of rebuilding, yeah. throwing the information age in on top yeah. of it, that that deep those deep cultural roots mm-hmm. that are part of building a strong foundation socioculturally get yanked out of the damn ground because yeah. we it doesn't matter what color you are yeah. the information age has made it so a thirteen year old thinks they know more than their seventy year old grandmother not that that's that, not true yeah. not, I had a thirteen year old right yeah. Yeah. and it's not and it's not like that that hasn't been a common theme that teenagers think they know everything yeah. But legit, when you have the totality of all it human information at yeah. your fingertips, yeah. and Meemaw yeah. doesn't know how to handle a, a computer or yeah, anything. Daddy, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Daddy, you're absolutely. Wrong. That's what it is right yeah, here. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's what we're up against as well. And we have sure. to make those acknowledgments without making them excuses. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Guys, do we have any sort of shout-out? So after every episode, we do a shout-out. If you have anyone you want to say hello, goodbye, go to hell, whatever. <laughs> I, I, man, I just shout-out <laughs> no my family, but hell. that's it, bro. <laughs> Really, it's just it, family? Yeah, it's family, man, friends. Yes, and cool, stuff, you cool. You know, just friends. Yeah, I really do appreciate you taking the time to, to jump yeah, on man. this episode. I know that you before to try to do it. Huh? I know. Yeah. It, was, it was before your, it was before your, while yeah. you were running. Running, yeah. Here's the thing. We cuss a lot. And so I, I, I was just sitting there like, man, this might be bad for him. Because I remember you and I talked about, I was like, this might be, this might not be a good thing for him or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Because. And I we were still to, trying to find our voice. We we're too. still trying to find our you. voice. Yeah. Like our quality back then is not even this. It's not even in the same universe as yeah, where we you. are right yeah, now. Yeah. And so, and we do curse a lot, but we used more expletives back then. Like, I've, and it was out I've, of nervousness. Yeah, I've taken on more of my professional tone, but yeah, I, but yeah. but candor on top of it. It's mm-hmm. like we're in a classroom. Yeah. Like if yeah. we were having an in-class discussion, that kind of tone as well. Yeah. Yes. Kind of yeah. And up. for me, like, I definitely use my language when I get like really passionate about something. Like when I was talking about all the commissioners, I don't think they're all motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? But like, I still just, I'm just like, and he enunciates it too. Yeah. And it's Mother like, fuckers. It's hard into it. <laughs> I use a hard R. He's got love when he's saying it. But it's just, I just, I get so passionate about things like that. And when it comes to making our community better, I'm just like, why well, are we wasting like time? Doctor like, Dye said, "It's just seasoning. Like, it's, I mean, yes. it's just seasoning for it's your life. It's seasoning. Yeah. It is seasoning. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to make sure that we had. And it's more of a compliment to you 
because I wanted to make sure that we had a good enough product that was like, okay, we're at a good spot. Let's let's get someone on, you know, because yeah. for me, it's a big thing to have someone who's run for office, someone who is like also a lawyer, all this stuff. I know we've had Shep on, and I see I hold you to to a very high standard, but also it's Black History Month, and there are people that are listening to our episodes, and it's like. It's taken a lot and where to get we at, to this listener point. Wise? We're we're getting close to five thousand, you know. Nice, and so it's man. just like I want to, I just want to make sure that we're saying and doing the right things, and the in our intent is there. Gotcha. And so I'm yeah. very very thankful that you were able to jump on and well, anytime, and brother. be open with us. That's such yeah, a anytime, huge man. thing to be open with us. Well, and like I said, it, 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 when we're getting ready to talk about it, all of us are like, "Well, shit, I don't know. We got these ideas," but then once there's just some kind of little spark that happens, and yeah. then everybody's like, "Oh." And we just take start turns flowing talking, off each yeah. other. It's, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. And I wish that more of that would happen, especially on topics when it comes to race, when it comes to just race relations, when it comes to ethics, when it comes to religion. We need to be able we'll to talk, talk like about this. this. And, I and definitely like, agree with that. And you. I'll give some advice. This is just across the board. People are all the time, or not all the time, but pretty frequently asking me things about our creative mm-hmm. process and how we do a podcast and stuff. And what I would say is you're overthinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You either either you've got the juice or you don't have the juice to step onto you know mm-hmm. on on air and produce some stuff. Yeah, don't try and emulate what you think a podcast should be. Gotcha. Just have a conversation with people. Yeah, man, yeah. and record it. And yeah. that's that's what this is. When you come in here. Really? It doesn't feel like two hours and twenty. No, minutes. it's oh, like man, it, it this doesn't. Is like it just feels like good conversation. It, it that, is. It's it, fascinating. Yeah. It's fun. It, yeah. it, it and I've it learned. Gives me life. I've learned a lot. Yeah, I have well, too, just so. listen to you guys. Like what I was telling you, it kind of put more thought to what I'm thinking about mm-hmm. this thing as well, man. Well, so. I hope that you run again. Well, I, I, really I don't. Do. I don't know, man. It, uh, that's on. I, I got it's expensive as hell, isn't it? I have to pray about it. I'll tell you this, man. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh, I know you don't want to hear that. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he thinks you're a saint worshiper. It's one of those things I got to pray about. I think that going back to how you leaving it on a good note, I think we got a lot of work that needs to be done. Yes, yes. And it starts actually with even us, man. Mm-hmm. You know, us being young and stuff. Because I think that all of us, even that's in this room, if we really want to change Bowling Green, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, so, hey, we're trying, man. Yeah, we are. We're, It'll we're happen. Legit. Well, Hopefully, did you see in the where Bowling Green is rated uh, top place to live in Kentucky. Yeah, no, I thought I saw that on the, oh, the chamber thing. Do what? He goes, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I'm not wrong. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to go ahead while we're thinking about it. Shout out Tyler Young at uh, Great Ape yep. um, Performance. He's got, it's my understanding, he's got one personal training slot and two online training slots that are still available. Nice. So, nice. He's, so he's filling up his time. Hey, then, he is, it? man. But, I mean, everybody I've talked to that's that's tried him out, man, he, he cares. Yes. His prices are super reasonable. And what you'll get is far beyond what you see on paper. Yeah. He's nice. just that kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, would like to give another shameless shout-out to... Um, Fuel Nutrition, yes. Josh Biggs, mm-hmm. always. Ryan Hines. Yeah, Ryan Hines at Oxology Labs. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go to the gym. I'm going to take some of his pre-workout mm-hmm. here shortly. Um, f- fuel Nutrition, uh, our buddy Kevin Foster. Yep. Yeah, Did you yeah, see yeah, what he posted? Yeah, yeah, I was like, from, yeah, thank and you. it looked fire. He had Good. breakfast at Fuel yep. Nutrition, and it yep. made me happy, man. Um, also, uh, 
let's see, we, we've kind of deviated, but, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to the makers. Yeah, you know, that's... And Bowling Green, really, it's been a long time yeah, since really we said anything been. about them. And um, spring is rolling up, and I know they're going to be coming out with some great products. They so absolutely I'm very, will. looking forward to them. Like, support local guys. Uh, yeah. Truly. I think, like, working with uh, Fuel and working with Oxology Labs, that's really reinforced to me, like, okay, I've got to start taking care oh, of yeah. the community a little support bit Support you know? local, but also lovingly scrutinize local, Scrutinize too. the hell out of because them. Because you know what'll happen if you don't? They get comfortable and they, they start get doing comfortable trash stuff. And then they'll, they'll have their own little, they'll just set up their own little nonsense bullshit that's mm-hmm. associated with their little tiny group of people, yeah. and it'll yeah. be exclusionary as hell. And, yeah. I mean, and I guess that that's fine, mm-hmm. but... uh. Yeah, in, any businesses you better bring your A game if you're going to be in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Cause Absolutely, we're going to be we're going to be looking for you. We're yes. going to be looking for you to do well. But if you're not bringing your A game, we're going to yeah. let you know too. Yep. Oh, also, uh, I want to give a final uh, my final message is to parents: clean your damn kids, <laughs> wash their hands, don't let them go to school. If vaccinate sick, them too. Vaccinate them. Yeah. Yeah. Assholes. Vaccinate them. Here's the thing. We're, we should be at the state dance competition, but some asshole kid had their germs, and now my stepdaughter has the flu. And so we asshole didn't get to go to... Yeah. Flu would punch a kid. He will. Yeah. They'll get Spartan kicked in the chest. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this for a minute. I thought you was about to say, kids, please clean your... No, 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 no. What was you about to say? No, parents. Parents, man. Like, if your kid's sick, yeah. let him stay home. Like, stop racing for the perfect hey. attendance award. It's not worth getting other people sick. Because if I find out who you are, you're paying my fucking deductible. Collusive. And you're, you're paying all Collusive. the other things. You're going to see him. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to come at you with a bill. Well, <laughs> it's like, here's well, my prescription. And and there was also a, a measles case in the Barron River uh, yeah, Area guys, House District. On. It's unacceptable, We've got to bro. do better, man. Clean yourselves. If you're sick, go to the doctor. Stay home. Anyway, that's that's my final rant here. But guys, thank you all so much for listening to our friend. Do you have anything? I'm sorry. No. When's your wedding, by the way? March. Congrats. March man. when? You better. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Oh, dude, the honors, the honors, one hundred percent ours. It's one hundred percent ours, guys. That's it for us. Thank you all so much. We love you, and we are out. Peace.